Hi, and welcome to Pass the Golden Popcorn, an MTV Movie Awards podcast where we look at everyone's favorite award show, the MTV Movie Awards, go through all those categories and winners year by year, and try and figure out who really should have won. I'm Kenny Sage, a foremost movie expert. And I'm Ben Gregg, a foremost kissing expert. And today we're here to talk about the 2005 Best Kiss Award. How are you today, Ben? I'm doing really well. Um... Yeah, no, these movies, I got a, I watched The Notebook last night, um, and it was really, really good. Spoilers for, I guess, how I think about that movie later on, but I'm feeling really, really good. I had a horrible stomachache this morning, um, but I'm feeling a lot better now. Oh, well, it's good you're feeling better. Oh, yeah, also good you enjoy The Notebook, because I'm sure we'll get into it, but we were hanging out last night watching episodes of the TV show Scrubs, so you could properly talk about Zach Braffer. I was, I was doing a little bit of, of Zach yeah. Braff study um, yeah. <laughs> to get a little yeah. better opinion on that. Yeah, and it sounded like your experience with these films were all over the place. Just Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, when this one goes out, I might retweet it with like a picture... Because, like, I, I essentially, last night I showed um, Kenny, like, a graph of, like, my enjoyment. Um, and uh, whenever this episode goes up, I'll, I'll retweet it with the... Or I'll quote tweet it with the picture of that graph. Because, yeah, it, it, hopefully, um, sort of the order I watched this in was uh, Electra, Girl Next Door, uh, Tomorrow, Sky Movie with Weird Name, um, Garden State, and then Notebook. So... <laughs> That's kind of the, uh, that's, yeah. the, that order definitely shaped my experience with it. Yeah, I'll, I'll say it's, it's like, it's like, I think the, the only movie you, like, out on out, like, did not like was, like, Electra, but you really did not like Electra. Like, it was... It, uh, that being, I definitely, I wrote notes. The first note is incomprehensible. Um, it just said, it said, it's scribble scribble with dual is hilarious, I don't know what that means, so hopefully the rest of my notes I can actually let or uh, are legible. Um, but <laughs> there are aspects that I enjoy, especially I think there's one in near the beginning that I really thought like, okay, maybe this movie will be awesome, but um, <laughs> it de- it definitely slowly like deteriorates. It almost is a worse movie for having like one or two good things. Um, cause then it's, instead of like, it's a, instead of being a dumpster fire, it's like a dumpster fire that you accidentally dropped your wallet into. Cause there's like a good thing in there, but it's just surrounded by chaos and nonsense and stupidity and boringness. But all the other movies, um, at least by the very end had me one over. Yeah. And we can get into it, but first of all, yeah. Talk about the 2005 MTV movie awards. Yeah. So they were held on June 4th, 2005, um, in a rare solo act Jimmy Fallon hosted. A special award, The Silver Bucket of Excellence, was presented to 1985 film The Breakfast Club. Which Wait, what did, What was? Sorry? A special award, The Silver Bucket of Excellence. Um, <laughs> Why? Is this like the first and last time they use that? Possibly. What? I think it's it's been 20 years since The Breakfast Club, and if you're, like, trying to appeal for the teenagers, you're like, hey, remember The Breakfast Club? Like, I, yeah, it's just so, yeah. that's so weird. Why is yeah. the silver bucket? Well, I guess, oh, the past the golden pop, oh, okay, now that makes sense. Right, yes, we rarely talk about this on the show, but the reason <laughs> it's called past the golden popcorn is because the MTV's trophy is the golden popcorn award, um. 
Uh, also, apparently Nine Inch Nails was supposed to perform, but MTV wouldn't let them use a backdrop with an unaltered image of President George Bush. So, wait, wait. Lesnar... <laughs> wait, they wanted to use, like, a backdrop of a picture of George Bush? Yeah, it says an unaltered image, yeah, of George W. Bush. Trent Reznor commented, Apparently the image of our president is as offensive to MTV as it is to me. He now has multiple Oscars for best scores, which is really fun to think about when you read stories like this. <laughs> oh, man. And Anchorman and Mean Girl were the most nominated films, each getting four nominations, so... Oh, it's wow. been a far cry from the days of when speed could just run over everything. Exactly. Well, if it if it didn't, it would uh it would have exploded. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. And, and best, yeah, and oh, yeah, I'm best, just looking best. at this uh just really quick last uh last non-kiss related thing of this movie. Napoleon Dynamite beat out Spider-Man 2? Oh yeah. What is All right, what is I forgot r- to say what is wrong with people? <laughs> okay, this is funny. This movie, this is when it starts turning around, because up to this point, you look at this movie, and it's, sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, or the war nominees aren't actually that much different from what got Best Picture noms. Uh, yeah, this one, the nominees for Best Movie were Napoleon Dynamite, Kill Bill Volume 2, Spider-Man 2, Ray, and then The Incredibles, and Napoleon Dynamite <laughs> well, won. Well, like, listen, listen, Napoleon Dynamite is a particular kind of movie, but, like, it's, what, uh, I, the Academy, me and the Academy, I don't, we just can't agree on this one at the very least. Yeah, you might be too young to, like, of remember this, but Napoleon Dynamite was incredibly popular for, oh, like, a year. yeah, I remember, well, there was, um... Our uh, friend, close friend of the of the camp that me and you att- to we attended, um, Julian used to do like uh, like the Napoleon Dynamite dance every uh, talent show that he could. Um, yes, that, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, like I understand that it had a it had a chokehold, but like like that wouldn't fly nowadays. Like Spider Man Two is such a such a like a slam dunk. Uh, I guess this is going to be a little out of date, but I think a couple days ago or yesterday, the the Spider Man Away from Home or No Way Home trailer dropped, and uh, it had a little a little guy from Spider Man Two. You might uh, you might remember. Yeah, Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was gonna yeah, say I'll... Bone Saw. <laughs> But he's from the first one. Oh my gosh. Uh, what if Bonesaw comes back just as one of the villains in the oh, thing? It's... I would love that. I love Bonesaw. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah. But we're not here to talk about Spider-Man this time. We're here to talk about yeah the following films that were nominated for Best Kiss. Good transition, Kenny. Um, okay, so... And the nominees for Best Kiss 2005 were Natalie Portman and Zach Braff, Garden State, Gwyneth Paltrow and Jude Law, Sky Captain and The World of Tomorrow, Jennifer Garner and Natasia Malf, Electra, Alicia Cuthbert and Emile Hirsch, The Girl Next Door, and the winner, 
and one of the more memorable MTV Movie Award moments, Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams, The Notebook. Yeah. Um, I guess, I think I've said this on other podcasts, but like, um, or other episodes, is that like, before this, I like, I watched no movies, with the exception of, because of like a friend of mine, like almost every Ryan Gosling movie. Um, except for this one, which was actually kind of neat to watch. Yeah, so that's sort of my my relationship. I I'm very, I'm very knowledgeable about Ryan Gosling and his performances. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting you didn't watch this one because this is kind of I think like the big one, right? That really gets him on the map. Oh, you, well, you you're just gonna discredit all of Gangster Squad, the movie. Gangster ever Squad was... is years after this film. <laughs> <laughs> and where was Ryan Gosling before? You know. I mean, I think Drive also was before Gangster Squad. <laughs> oh, I, I've come around on Drive. I originally didn't like it, but I've, I've come around. Um, I saw Drive in theaters and loved it, and it was before I was involved on, like, internet discourse, so I'm different from all those, like, douchey film bros who are like, yeah, Drive. Like, it's... I got in on the ground floor, which I feel very happy about. <laughs> just <laughs> uh, no, I definitely turned the tide right when they started changing their opinion too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Notebook. Uh, one thing. One thing to note, because because the acceptance speeches. Oh yeah, in that big video where I usually get the acceptance speeches from, this kiss was not in there. I suspect because it was less of a speech. And more of an elaborate recreation that definitely used a song they maybe didn't get licensing rights to. Um, but Oh no. <laughs> but part of the reason this kiss wound up being iconic is because at the MTV Movie Awards, oh yeah, Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams did not get along on set of The Notebook. I guess at one point Ryan Gosling asked the director to like, if he could replace her, and then the director forced them to like, make up. And because <laughs> oh, no. like, his filming was getting so like, just choppy. I mean, that's but kind I, of in character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but sometime after that, it's unclear if it was before or after this awards. I want to assume it was probably a bit before. They dated for a couple years. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so I think it was before, because famously, when the, it's announced that Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams won, as Maroon 5's She Will Be Love kind of plays, <laughs> something where they weren't sitting near each other, but he kind of motions her down, and then they do a f- thing, and rather than go up to the podium, they like go to opposite sides of the stage. And then uh, they run at each other, and she jumps into his arms, and they just have a really good kiss. That's amazing. Like if, yeah, like, if acceptance speeches were, like, no, eligible, then that, this would be the easy winner. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Especially after yeah. yas- last year's Cringe Fest. What a, what a turnaround. Yeah, it's... And it's such a good... And then there's something, because... Hold on, I'm just, I'm going back to the video as we're watching this. Oh, she says something to him, like, yeah, I'm not going to listen to it. Like, it's like, oh, he's like, like, oh, nice to be like one of those girls. Or like, just something that implies he does it a lot. And then he's like, it was my pleasure. And then they just walk off, like, <laughs> arm in arm with no speech. Just, and it's, it's a really cool power move. Oh my gosh, how lovely. Yeah. And also lovely, of course, was the notebook. Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I watched this last night after watching like 
a couple like the pilot of scrubs and then like a couple like really heavily emotional ending episodes of scrubs <laughs> so like i was in like a good mood to like uh to watch it um but yeah it's really it's really nice i guess oh, it's really tough because like i'm trying to think of like a ryan gosling movie where he has like a happy happy ending um because it's it's not dry oh i guess spoilers um it's not drive it's kind of la la land and it's definitely not blue valentine at all um so it's kind of nice to see him get like a a more sweet than bitter bittersweet ending i mean for first man he has like an emotional catharsis on oh, the okay moon. that's pretty <laughs> the only way ryan gosling can get catharsis is <laughs> on the moon but it's also him processing like the death of his daughter. Um, but so it's like still. Oh, crazy <laughs> stupid love, a movie we have to talk about. Like, so. oh, oh, wait, is that is that up is that up for nomination in the future? Yeah. It's... Oh well, there we go. I'm knocking out. I think the only two mainstream Ryan Gosling movies I have not seen yet. Oh wow. Yeah, that, I was looking at it because I was like, I feel like I've seen a lot of these because like I've seen Blade Runner, seen Drive, seen Gangster Squad, Blue Valentine, La La Land, all these, and yeah. but I have not seen that one, so that'll be an interesting yeah. one. Uh, yeah, we'll get into it in several episodes. The Crazy Stupid Love, specifically Ryan Gosling, is there is very important for me getting the idea in my mind that the coolest thing you can do is the dirty dancing lift. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil why this is relevant, but Ben immediately understands. (laughs) Um. Yeah, the movie, the movie itself. Um, Yeah, it's just like, it's like a really, really good, like, love story that has like a bunch of ups and downs. Um, It's like very, like, tragic. There's a lot of like, um, I think it's like, is it like dramatic irony? Which is the one where like the audience knows, but the characters don't. There's, like, because there's, like, the whole, like, plot about, like, him sending the letters and, like, the mom, like, not making sure she doesn't see them. Um, also, this movie, very similar to Titanic, um, I didn't know there was old people in it. I would, that was a, like, the Titanic, that was another curveball I was not <laughs> ready for. Um, <laughs> this movie, it, like, it's, uh, it, uh, is, it is starts and denouements with a with old people with elderly people why do all the most romantic films have old people (laughs) yeah it also um uh, i i wonder because i know um by the end of this list by the end of this whole category we're probably going to be going like oh what was the best best movie out of all of these and like weirdly enough i think it might be how to make an american quilt which had the most old people and was like the most lovely um so maybe there's a connection there yeah yeah we're gonna have to keep track of this as we keep going on oh yeah well i've already been doing that i've been making sure to to make a little tally in my head (laughs) old old people good movie maybe (laughs) electra needed more old people exactly and like listen my girl it had young people and one of them died of bees so (laughs) you have an option you can either you know get busy getting old or get busy dying of bees Jesus, okay. Um, but yeah, so you did not know about the old people, like, which is... Yeah, which is, is like the... It's the that fr- is a lot of the thrust of the movie. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, it's where, like, the most, like, 
like near the end i guess i don't even need to say spoilers just because it's the podcast but like the most like emotionally throttling scene is um to give it a little context the entire framing of this movie and it's revealed like about like halfway through if not like immediately if like you're if you're paying attention it makes sense um is that the whole framing of this movie is that it's ryan gosling's character super old now um kind of telling the story to uh rachel adams character super old now who is suffering like from dementia or is it amnesia or what? what is it it's it's dementia right that's the one where i'm getting them mixed up whichever one means that you're... yes and yes and am, amnesia why would you <laughs> <laughs> well i think doesn't <laughs> but um so she like can't remember like who like who she is or like what her relationship is to like these people and like what Ryan Gosling's character or Ryan Gosling's character who's old um played by uh is it it's uh James James Garner who does like a really yeah. fantastic job and then Gina uh Gina Rowland's playing um the old version of Rachel Adams character Allie um yeah uh Mick Adams yeah it's Rachel Mick Adams you just keep saying Rachel Adams which oh whoops <laughs> my bad um yeah so like one of the most like like horrible horrible scenes is that like when he finishes the story um she starts to like get like a lot of her like memory back and she starts remembering but like she's also like very scared because like i think they both realize that it's gonna go away pretty soon and they start dancing and then she like loses it all again and she starts freaking out and like you can just see the absolute heartbreak on uh on james garner's face it is like it is a horrible horrible scene yeah like horrible in that it makes you feel really sad not horrible as in it's bad yeah it's a really good scene it's yeah because it's implied that essentially he does this to her like most days to try and get her to remember and sometimes it works and sometimes maybe it doesn't and but like it's been enough that he knows that they only have about five minutes yeah it's something that he's like done before but like Oh, when she just turns and, like, she starts freaking out. She's just going, like, who are you? Like, what are you doing in my room? Like, get away from me. And, like, oh, it's absolutely, it's heartbreaking at 100%. Oh, yeah, this is another interesting thing before we get into, I guess, uh, well, more of a summary is Rachel McAdams. This movie came out the same year as Mean Girls. So this is really what the year she's kind of blowing up on, like, the... Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. But, yeah, like, the summary, like, you know, it's your classic... Um, oh yeah, if people weren't aware, this is based on a Nicholas Sparks novel, so if you have ever read a Nicholas Sparks novel, you have a general idea of how they tend to play out. You know, it's a romance set in, like, the northwestern United States, and that has, like, kind of a bittersweet, tragic, like, element to it. Um, but this is, like, one of his more, I think, famous and popular ones. It's, you know... For, for by the time he's doing, like, the last song with Miley Cyrus in the film adaption, people are like, okay, Nicholas, we get it. But this one, people are still kind of on board. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like, Ryan Gosling is Noah, poor, like, lumber mill worker, and it's 1940, and he sees, yeah, Allison Alley, uh, who is, like, an heiress, who is kind of just summering in sea, yeah, Seabrook Island, North or South Carolina, they have a they have a little summer romance, and his dad likes her, but her parents do not like him. And yeah, because he's uh he's poor, he's he's got no yeah. future, 
and like it's that it's revealed kind of later in the movie that um rachel mcadams mom like had a similar thing happen to her where she like fell in love with like a very similar man and like later in the movie she like takes rachel mcadams character um to like see him and that he's still working in the uh in the mill but like the kind of kicker of that whole scene is that um i think the 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 mom character joan allen joan allen yeah her yeah the name is um Anne hamilton or yeah hamilton she kind of sees him and then like their eyes meet and like she is just so overwhelmed um with like i think assuming all the feelings that she felt when she was young um but like the the whole point of that scene is that like she's i guess what she was trying to do was she's trying to show like look he's still working at like the mill like he's he's gone nowhere yeah it's her, the mother's an interesting character because, like, she's definitely antagonistic. Like, there's a point where basically no, no, like they once they initially like break up and it's oh yeah, cause oh yeah, she first like she they forbid Allie from seeing Noah and Noah hears this and gets like insulted and leaves and they have an argument and like they break up but like she kind of regrets regrets it and then she. It's like hoping to just find find him so she can say, "Oh, she still loves him." But it's the thing where like they both try and find each other after this fight, so they can part on better terms. But they don't find each other. But then he like starts writing her letters every day for about a year, but she never gets any of them. Her mother just like takes them all. So after like a year, he stops writing and starts fighting and enlists in World War Two with his friend who like dies. Yeah. And yeah, and um I guess like oh before this happens, um there's like a really important scene where they sort of um uh, Ryan Gosling's character takes them to like the house that he wants to like renovate. Um and they start oh, yeah. they start talking about their future that they want to have in this house, which like which like plays like a pretty pivotal uh role like later in the movie where Ryan Gosling's character um actually like purchases the house with the help of like his father selling the house and then he's able like because they kind of talk together and like i want to paint it all white and like i want a place to um and then rachel mcadams character like wants a place to like paint by like the the seaside yeah it's it's a nice scene though it should be mentioned the house is like an abandoned plantation so Way oh. to go. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't know. I thought it was just a big house. Yeah, Wikipedia calls it the Windsor Plantation. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, White people, am I right? <laughs> oh, come on, guys. We can do better. <laughs> yeah, we can. Um, yeah, so he goes, yeah, so he goes off to war, and she becomes a nurse in a hospital for, like, wounded soldiers, where she meets, uh, yeah, this guy, James Marsden, famously Cyclops from last year. Oh, wow. I didn't actually notice that. Mainly because he had his, I could see his eyes. Yeah. In his period of James Marsden playing the guy who always just comes in second. like. Yeah, what a shame. Which, when we talk about Enchanted, that is also his role. <laughs> <laughs> he can't. It's a while before he can be Sonic the Hedgehog where he gets to come in first. Just... <laughs> Ah, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um. So he, so no, so Noah eventually gets back from the war. While oh yeah, she's become engaged to him. Who, although he is also a soldier, he's also a lawyer, and he has old sovereign money. 
So her parents are, like, really happy. And, like, Noah comes back and learns that his dad had sold their house so he could buy the plantation. And he kind of convinces himself that, like, if he restores it, Allie's going to come back. And so he does. Which, like, and... totally works, by the way. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> also, it's a thing where, yeah. They he, he restores it so well the newspaper does a story on it. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, it did look horrible, and then he, he made it look amazing. Um, yeah. yeah, but they they publish a story, and um, Rachel McAdams' character like sees it like while she's putting on like wedding dresses, and she absolutely faints. And then she kind of goes up to like um, James Mars um, Marsden character character, and just goes like, "I need to like." go away for a couple days like i i my head's not in the right place and she's actually gonna go visit uh noah seven years later (laughs) which i believe around is try try to see Uh, oh yeah isn't there a point where he also like sees her and is gonna run after her until he realizes he's married yeah um i can't remember she must have been like going like through the the town or maybe or might have been when he was because he went to like new york or someplace or boston or something he went like somewhere to do like some construction work and like yeah he sees her and like he runs after her and then he like sees her through a window kissing um james uh marsden and he's just like oh i guess i guess she's moved on um and then he sort of he he does like the most attractive uh spiraling you've ever seen in your life where he grow he just he's he's very unkempt uh as unkempt as ryan gosling can be um he just kind of throws himself into like making stuff for his house yeah which gets in the paper which leads to like the reconciliation and i mean well i mean they're still fighting and like it's I forget at what point when she learns about, like, the letters. It's probably during, like, a fight they're having where she's like, you didn't write to me. He's like, what? Or, or like, someone's mad because they didn't write. And they're like, what are you talking about? He's like, I wrote you every day. Yeah. And she's like, what? It's, it's right Just... after, so it's, like, right after the raining on the canoe scene. Um, or she's, like, right after they, like, dock, she's like, why didn't you write? And, the, and then he says he did. And is that where we get to, like, the big kiss? I think that's the big, yeah, it's in, it's in the rain. It's, like, a big rain. They're... I wrote this down. There are probably this is the movie with the most kisses by far. There's like probably fifty kisses in the first act alone. Um, there's so much kissing that happens in this movie between two uh, two main people, and then also kissing that happens between them and other people as well. Look, they were going for best kiss. <laughs> Listen, they go go ham, uh, go ham or go yeah. home. But the one that counts, of course, is after this big emotional fight as it's raining, they, like, their passion overtakes them, and then they kiss. And it's funny, because the rain part doesn't actually last that long. Like, they're kissing in the rain, and then it cuts to them just kissing indoors, but, like... Yeah, they put they must have put a lot of work in helps. that. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, 100. It's, like, it's such a good transition into, like, the that next part of the story where... Um, Rachel is, uh, like, really conflicted about, like, what she wants to do with her life after that point. Yeah, and then her fiancé and mother both kind of follow her to, like, see see Brooke in the town, and that's uh, near around the time. Oh, yeah, because her mother's, like, warning her, and that's when we learn that she also loved uh, 
lower class man once and still thinks about him and that's when she actually gives Allie the letters yeah in like a small sort of like token um yeah yeah it like i think like maybe like the purpose was like to to like kind of show her like oh look um like look at this man that i had a crush on it was just a summer fling and like look where he is now but i think it's slowly that scene slowly morphs it into like maybe this is more complex than i think it is I'm gonna just gonna let you make the decision because at the end of the day it's yours to make, yeah. and that's why she gives I mean, him like the letters. Yeah, I think there is the implication where she does wonder, would I have been happier just like with the lower yeah, class life? Yeah, exactly, one hundred percent. That like realization, realization like happens like in that scene, or like at least like a big part of it. Yeah, where she's like, wait, I do still think about him, like it is. The... And then there's another. Oh yeah, we we kind of brushed over this, but. I'll say something that has come with this movie over the years is, while obviously the kiss is amazing, it's a very passionate relationship. It's also maybe not the healthy relate, healthiest relationship. Uh, he she initially goes out with her because he pulls like a really dumb stunt. Oh yeah, like the, their ride. their initial meeting is like super weird. It's like really like uh, it's very very strange. Yeah, like and I've definitely met people who like get turned off because like he essentially yeah like threatens to harm himself if she won't go out with him which is like yeah good. it's a bit e. yeah yeah and and then they have so many arguments throughout this movie up to like the point where like she's realizing she has to like go and confess her like infidelity to like her fiance and then he just argues with her about it or like yeah oh wait i thought in that scene I thought she was, like, talking about, like, um, possibly, like, still staying with him. Oh, yeah. oh right. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. I she, think that's probably where the like, argument... I think... She's trying yeah. to figure... Yeah. To play... To play like yeah. Argument. To play Ryan Gosling's advocate here, um, I think that scene is more that he's, like, he's, like, really upset that, like, she's still, like, back to, like, oh, what should I do? Like, I don't know how to make this decision, which, like, understandably probably really hurts him a lot. Um... Because, like, yeah. it's, like, one thing to, like, lose her, but, like, to be constantly, like, tethered, like, swung swung back and forth is probably really, like, emotionally toiling for him. Yeah, but also, yeah, this is, like, a very emotional, very, like, angsty film, which maybe is why it resonates with, like, the teen so much. Because, like, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but not the healthiest relationship we're going to cover, but, yeah. you know, still, I think by, still a very sweet by 1946 standards, it was probably okay. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, about the healthiest relationship you could get for 1946. <laughs> um, exactly. So, yeah, but, like, the the theme park stunt. Eh, but anyways, so she tells, like, her fiancé, and it's like, well, I still love you, I would still have you, but she decides to go to, like, Noah. And that is where we, like, kind of get back to the present, where she realizes that the guy... Oh, yeah, and even though by this point it's kind of obvious that it's Noah, they call him Duke in the future for reasons they never really explain I, the reason is probably just for like a slight red herring um yeah, so, <laughs> or like if we called him no it would be too obvious yeah and that's where we get to the reveal that this notebook he is reading from is actually written by her in the early stages of her like illness she kind of de- wrote like this big journal detailing it down and their life together so we can read it to her and help her remember it yeah, so, it's so that, sweet. Yeah, so that's where we get to, as we said, she recognizes him, they, they like, go there, and then she panics, and as she's pa- panicking, also, Noah has, like, a heart attack? 
Yeah, it's and, it's early on in the movie. It's like there's like a kind of a scene where he goes to the doctor and the doctor's like, "So you've had two heart attacks in like the last like eight months." So like he, he's yeah. having he's having trouble. And then, yeah. and this is where it actually like deviates from the book because in the book I think it's she passes away that night, but he's fine. And in the movie, it's they're both in the same hospital, and like the nurse is like, "Don't you try any funny business?" Because like. She's in the dementia ward, and he's, like, in the heart attack ward or whatever. But then he sneaks to her room, <laughs> she remembers lovers. again, and then they die in each other's, like, arms, basically. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's, it's it's honestly, it's a pretty yeah. sweet ending. Um, yeah, even, even though, like, it puts all the thing on, like, the nurse who discovers them and, like, touches oh, their <laughs> hands to, like, make sure they're dead. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, but... Yeah, very, very good movie. Um, very good kiss. Um, yeah, like, definitely. It's really tough, because I think that there are kisses that are, like, probably on... Not on par, but, like, are good for, like, paralleled... Or, like, parallel but equal reasons um, to this one, but are from, like much worse movie so it's really hard to parse out yeah but that's well that's what we do here it's yeah, to parse out the exactly. like well we have separate movie and kiss <laughs> rankings exactly but, this, but i will say this does kind of have almost the spider-man edge where like it's so iconic oh it's yeah like, absolutely what it, it's like what does it take to like vote against it like which i think i was bringing up in the last episode where like there's another kiss here that i think is you know just as good if maybe better but will it win We'll see. Like, um, mm-hmm. yeah, but, but yeah. Um, any more thoughts on the yeah, notebook? Yeah, not that I can remember. It, it's good. It, it's it's gonna be interesting because, like, um, spoilers for two thousand six. One of the films next year has a sequence where the characters go see the notebook, and the Joe is like, "Oh, you're seeing the notebook? How gay!" Like, it's oh no. Uh, yeah, so people were already ready to take the piss out of the notebook, and yeah, I don't know why. I don't know like, why jealousy, either. I guess. It must like, be, because, like, I don't know. Listen, I was in a relationship for, like, a year and a half. I've seen plenty of, like, really bad, like, chick flick kind of movies of that vein, you know? And, like, listen, I actually enjoy those immensely. I enjoy those a lot. But, like, this isn't one of those. This is, like, a genuinely great movie. I don't know why it has this, like, reputation of, like, oh, man, girlfriend wants to watch The Notebook, yawn, snore. Like, I, I don't... I now realize <laughs> partly it's just because sexism a toxic masculinity. Oh, it's, yeah. But... Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this this movie's not aimed at, like, the white male audience? Boo! Like... <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but... Yeah, Notebook, great movie. Check it out. And now we'll move on to Natalie Portman and Zach Braff in Garden State. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was... I didn't know what to expect going into this movie. And it's like... It's kind of weird. I, I feel bad for like the order we're talking to the... What we're, uh, we're talking about these in. Because um, it's not the order. It's like almost exactly the opposite order of which I watched them. But... Um, after movies like uh, Girls Next Door and like Electra, um, and even like I would even say like Notebook to some extent, and like th- this doesn't make it like a bad movie, but I love when a movie it feels like there's like a lot of effort 
put into like shots and sets. Like this movie has so many cool little like sets and shots um, and just like neat little like world details. Like when he goes to the doctor's office and like the doctor has like a wall so full of like degrees and diplomas that there's like one diploma that has to be stuck onto the roof. Um, just like the way that like things are shot and like the way that everything's like framed in this movie, it, like it feels so uh, purposeful and like intentional and like it wasn't just like a lot of like shots in like Girls Next Door where it feels like they just kind of put the camera so you could see everything and then they called it a day, <laughs> which like I mean, I, maybe dispute that a bit. Oh, there, there are a couple scenes in in Girls Next Door that definitely do interesting things. But yeah, this is a film um, directed by its star Zach Braff in his like date kind of debut and. Yeah, it's a film. It's interesting though, like you're like really taken taken by it because I know like it has it's developed a reputation over the years in the film world, kind of for being emblematic of a certain kind of indie like rom drama film about you know like a detached white guy and he goes in and like reconnects with like the kind of soundtrack and all this stuff that honestly wasn't really being overdone at the time, but like. Over the years, yeah. people have kind of become, like, resentful for it. Even mm-hmm. though, like, I definitely have... I talked to some people who are like, uh, yeah, it's a film where, like, I saw it as, like, in as like a man in my 20s and was very affected by it and probably will never watch it again because, like, I don't know how I'd feel about it later on. But because it's definitely kind of aimed at that sort of specific kind of mind mindset of being, like, just a aimless 20-something. Oh, yeah, and it's think, definitely, like, you're not going to find, like... Um, meaningful commentary on like actual like uh like issues that are like really raw and like emotional it really is just like yeah perfectly how you described it honestly but i think there can be value in those movies i think those movies can still be good yeah uh, it also gets hit with yeah with natalie portman's character a bit of a thing of the i don't know if you're familiar with the term manic pixie dream girl i am and i i've we I think we've talked about it before. I think we talked about it last episode just because Jim Carrey comes up so much. But uh, yeah, me and my friends watched Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which was like I think people sort of classify that as like one of the first ones of that kind of character. Uh, yeah, I would I would dispute that because like I think that character is like more than that. But yeah, it's kind of the thing where Elizabeth Town, the uh, Kirsten Dunst film I have not seen, but like heard is very bad. Is kind of the big one for that but yeah this one gets it a bit 500 days of summer gets it a bit like it's and you know i i'll say i do think this is a good movie and like i did was kind of aware of the chatter from it so like i was surprised by how like kind of taken i was by it but like yeah i i think i as someone who was like i i i definitely got those vibes when i was like watching it where i'm like oh like this is the manic pixie dream girl 100 percent. but like i definitely tried to like look at it from like the top down and just go like okay but is this movie, like, good? Is it kind of, like, interesting? And, like, I think there's still... Maybe not anymore. Because you are it, totally right that it has been, like, super, like, played out. And just isn't that interesting anymore. But I think there's, like, uh, a place for that. Yeah. Um, especially, like, in a in a batch full of uh, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow and Electra. It's definitely not... Uh, it's not, it's not um, feeling oversaturated. At least yeah, not in this I mean... bunch. 
I mean, I like the oversaturation of Sky Captain, but we'll, we'll get into that. In oh a no, bit. sorry, I meant um, yeah. not like the visual style, but just like there isn't oh. like a like not every movie on this list, especially this list, is like a is like your generic sort of love story. Yeah, it's oh yeah, it's an interesting year for films, definitely, and this is yeah one of them. Or yeah, it's like this nice little drama. Um, oh yeah, and the other Zach Braff thing, of course, is and partly why we watch Grub so you could get some call context for him is some people just find him intensely irritating like i can just... i can definitely see that i find him like really endearing um yeah, i like him i liked him it's in why Scrub. i had you watch yeah scrubs is something where like it it's aware that he is just kind of irritating and it makes that part of like his character I... and it works really well <laughs> i think i described it um so i was driving around with my friend yesterday and i said okay you know ray romano um Imagine if there was a juice that, like, made you look like him. Zach Braff kind of looks like he drank half that juice. And that... <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, <laughs> like, he does kind of look like you're making, like, a video game character. And you have, like, if the slider all at one end is Ray Romano. If you put it, like, halfway, that's Zach Braff. But no, I loved the episodes of Scrubbed I watched. Um, I really liked this movie. Yeah, and I like, yeah. I definitely, um, you're definitely right in that, like, it is kind of like a movie where it's like, oh, disaffected white guy, just kind of doesn't know what to do, kind of aimless. But like, those movies can be like, I think, yeah. interesting, you know? Yeah. But then he hears a song that'll change his life. Exactly. That's, <laughs> that's the other big thing I knew about this movie. I wasn't aware of the plot, but I was definitely aware of the song, of the line this song is going to change your life, and then, like, uh, the stro- the strokes? Is that what I like? That? I think it's the, um, what is it, the fins? I wrote it down. The fin, the fins, yeah. Yeah. Um. I know the song's called New Slang, which is a song I did not hear until a, I had never heard until a few months ago earlier this year. So <laughs> oh, when it came up, I'm like, The shins. Hey. It's the shins. the shins. I wrote it down. Right. I wrote it down because I knew yeah, that would come up. Yeah, like, I know the shins. I'm like, I've listened to other shins songs. They lose good stuff. But yeah, it's... Yeah. But yeah. Oh, this movie has Sheldon in it from The Big Bang Theory, who speaks Klingon in a scene. Yeah. Our second movie that just has a Big Bang Theory cast member and like a minor oh, yeah. supporting role. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... And it's really funny to have him in, in there just as that role where, yeah, he's like a knight and medieval medieval times and he's also dating like the mother of one of zach braff's friends yeah same age (laughs) yeah exactly yeah yeah his friend who's like a grave digger yeah absolutely yeah his friend yeah digging grave oh sorry i guess um we'll do like little plot synopsises while we while we talk about it but um this movie sort of kicks off with zach braff who was like uh like a really like a D list, if they have any list celebrity who's like in like one thing, um, his mother oh, dies. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is inspired by his own life, by the way. Like I, like I, I oh. don't know all the details, but just the idea that like, I think it was the idea that he was a struggling young actor, and I think the idea is his like mom had his mom had died or something, and it like he or he went back to his home t- hometown and had this like kind of big experience in. Or... Oh, that's super neat. I didn't actually know that. So yeah, yeah, his his mother is dead, and that's why he's sort of like back in like his hometown. He's also like he hasn't been to his hometown for many years for reasons that we learn later. Um, Yeah, he has like a pretty strained, not like 
strained in like kind of like a real way not where like oh we don't like each other me and my dad but like where there's like actual like kind of like deep emotional problems that doesn't manifest in like really obvious ways between him and his father he also is like having like problem he has like he's getting like headaches or he's, he's having some sort of like issue with like his mental stability and his dad who's doubling as his like psychiatrist sort of like points him towards like getting seeking like a I can't remember the name of it but like a brain doctor essentially a neurologist where that's where he meets um Natalie Portman's character yeah who has like epilepsy though like we don't know this at first like we just like she's kind of in the office and yeah Natalie Portman's character Sam who is a liar that's one of her character traits she just lies a lot <laughs> listen lying can be really yeah. funny sometimes <laughs> And, she, and she'll always admit to them after. Yeah, exactly. It's like pathological. Yeah, it's yeah. something like that. But yeah, he meets her in the waiting room and like, Natalie Portman is very good in this. Like, she's giving this striking performance. She she plays the new slang for him. Like, it's gonna change his life. And... <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh yeah, because also part of the thing is he takes Zach Braff's character, we learn, is on a lot of like mood stabilizers and drugs that he has like not taken with him to like his hometown yeah so he's kind of he's off his meds at the moment yeah which yeah which is new which is in new jersey if you're wondering why the film is called garden state that makes sense (laughs) i I didn't even question it you're like oh it's his mental (laughs) emotional state is like a garden new stuff has the bloom (laughs) exactly but yeah, so then the film kind of follows like their relationship, um, it, and also just his relationship. Oh yeah, you learn the reason he's on all these meds, and the kind of source between this is when he was uh, is when he was like a kid, he had like put yeah, he had pushed his mother over on over like a washing machine thing on like an impulse, just like as a just as a thing, and there was a latch that was sticking out just wrong. Like, like the dishwasher was bro- broken, and he had pushed her in, like, again, frustrated impulse, and the latch was wrong, and she landed on it wrong, and it left her paralyzed. Also, he's, like, I don't know if you said this, but, like, he was, yeah. like, nine when that when that happened. Yeah, he was, he was nine years old, and this kind of causes why like, put him on meds, and they eventually sent him off to, like, boarding school, and he, like, just never really came back, and his mom is, like, kind of drowned, so there is all this kind of stuff yeah again that's kind of the drama going on yeah exactly and then sort of um this all uh sort of what is it accumulates to sort of this like scavenger hunt-esque like series of events where like his grave digging friend says like hey i got like a gift for you but we got to go through all these hoops to like get it so like they meet with a bunch of people until they're at like a quarry um, with a family or like a husband and wife that uh, live in like a, a boat they turned into a house oh yeah oh yeah right because they're doing it to do something completely unique that's never been done before <laughs> yeah exactly and then like the gift ends up being um like his mother's necklace um that has like a little toy in it yeah, and then I think that's where the kiss is. I think, or maybe it's, or maybe it's later at the airport because, like, yeah. the friend is also there when they're kissing for that time. Oh yeah, like, it's, it's 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 pretty funny. Um, yeah, so after they sort of have had this like big emotional journey, 
Um, he's got to like fly back. Um, they have like their goodbyes, but then at like the last minute, he decides he doesn't want to go. He just wants to. He wants to stay with with her in like the town. Yeah, he also can. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He also has like his last thing where he like makes peace with his dad and wants to build a better relationship. Yeah, with him. I really like that. It 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 felt like it felt like pretty like real. It didn't feel like over dramatized. Like you don't. You, yeah, yeah, with like actual like family members, you don't have like this big like emotional outburst or, like this big dramatic. It's usually like way more tame and like way more reasonable. You know, especially with, with somebody who's like a psychiatrist too. I really am glad for that. Yeah. And this movie. Uh, to parallel it with um, Drumline. Um, in the same way, I appreciate Drumline for, like, kind of cutting it right at the end. I appreciate this movie for not having, like, a really stupid, contrived reason why, like, the couple, like, had to have to, like, break up before they make up at the end. Um, I'm really happy about that. I, I, like, it's one of those things where if it's done well, I like it, but it's so rarely, like, done well. It just kind of feels like, oh, okay, well, now I got to... Now they gotta not be together for twenty minutes for like, I, I don't know, like a really silly reason. <laughs> um, yeah, it's yeah, it's like a very naturalistic thing. Like the break, like it just seems like they're gonna break up because he's gonna leave. Also, it's good because like he, they they do a good mystery where he boards a fl- flight and she's left crying, but then he comes back and then it's yeah, you like you don't see him like at like the terminal like changing his mind. You just kind of see her crying by the phone like waiting for him to call uh, like at the airport or just like crying in like a phone booth. And then he just kind of like runs in out of frame and just like kind of gives him his big, his big spiel about how he wants to stay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she, cause guess what? That song did change his life because it led him to her. (laughs) Exactly. And then I think at the, the airport kiss, I think is, is that the kiss that they are, they're judging for this or was it the, there is, I think a rain kiss right when they're on top of the, like an excavator at the quarry. Oh, yeah. I I don't know if it was like a, the quarry one because I did see when I was like lo- when I was looking or watching the notebook kiss. It did have the ones that showed kind of the ki- the kisses for it. So like I'm now just kind of blank blanking. Maybe I'll. Uh, yeah. But, either way, those are yeah, both like really good I kisses. Read, I read the kiss. Yeah, I read the kisses are good. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Oh yeah, one of the things I do want to say just about that video is when I was looking for it, it turned one of the videos there was basically a fan video of the yeah, a fan video of the kiss from um yeah, a fan video of the kiss from the MTV Movie Awards with like its own music ba- yeah, background. <laughs> I hope you really like this yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Garden State was not shown in the vi- video. It started. It just started like partway through with the notebook, and then oh. <laughs> shows the other one. So we'll never know. It'll but... never. I guess we we have the decision. I guess. Um, I prefer. I think the rain kiss is probably. I think a little better than like the ending kiss. Um, yeah. The even though even though like his friend's still there. Exactly. Just... It, it's like thing is that it's clunky it's like a little awkward because of that but like i think that like kind of is very uh emblematic of like their kind of relationship and it's also like their yeah. first kiss too yeah if and if it's in with the tone of the movie it's yeah exactly i think i think like if you were to if this movie had to be summarized in like a kiss i think it would be way more summarized by like a it's like really it's not even like a, it's not even like pretty raining it's like just kind of mucky dreary raining 
and your friend is there and everyone's wet wearing trash bags. I think that's more emblematic of this movie than like a a like airport I didn't take the flight kind of kiss. <laughs> They're both good, yeah. but I think one is definitely um has more uh th- uh thematic cohesion with the story. Yeah, and I would agree agree with that. Um Yeah, I think those are all my thoughts on on Garden State. I was I didn't know what to expect going in. I knew the only thing I knew about Zach Braff was that he was um in BoJack Horseman a couple times. So like I don't know like I I didn't even know what that meant honestly. Um, <laughs> but it's I'm probably gonna be watching more Scrubs because of this, and I really enjoyed yeah. this movie. Yeah, it's and he does direct a couple more films after this. Um, one infamously was Kickstarter funded in that thing where people were like, "Wait, could we get movies funded on Kickstarter?" and He's like, look, I want to do this, like, my way. And people are like, okay, Zach. But then he got the money for it anyways. But... <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, with that, now we can get to um, a film that you told me you were all over the place and just baffled by, Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. Yeah, this was a very strange, strange movie. Um, because of it, I learned a new word. Um, a uh, was it um, uh, Otensian, Otensian, which is um apparently a pre World War Two like steampunk kind of, or I guess I guess maybe the correct word is yeah. diesel punk, um kind of <laughs> genre. Um, oh, I see. You're also reading from the Wikipedia. Page. Yeah, well, I actually am not right now, but I did earlier today, <laughs> and and when I watched okay. it. Um, but yeah, that's where that's where I learned that from. Um, but it's weird because like I watched this during my my lunch break at work, or at least like most of it, um, and I was like, okay, yeah, like tell me you're a movie based off like a teen adventure novel without telling me you're a movie based off a teen adventure novel, which this isn't. Which was like one yeah. of the most baffling things in the world because it seems like yeah, there is infinitesimal amount of like lore to this this thing i think earlier i think um yesterday i kind of told you that there's like this movie feels like a video game story um just because like i guarantee that there would be like audio logs for you to pick up or like uh, dossiers for you to pick up that would explain all the lore of this world um yeah it's i'll say this is like kind of a throwback to sort of 30s and 40s like adventure serials that you might get on here on like the radio and kind of pulp pulp art comic books and just it's kind of like a yeah. tribute to that and that's so of course like it kind of hit that sweet spot for me because it's just this interesting period again you know the idea of like pre-world war one stuff that's kind of inspired by old world fair designs and and like all these things and it is it is funny because this is another debut film by this person like Carrie Con- Conran who like this is kind of just his passion project for years and oh yeah this seems absolutely like a passion project this is not like this is not something that a board of of CEOs would ever greenlit or like it's just so it's so out there and I, I really really did enjoy it and also um I can't pronounce his last name but um I don't often get to see uh giovanni but i i really do i like him he was in my name is Earl a lot and i just like him i think he was also in 
Gangster Squad as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah Giovanni Rabisi. Yeah, Rabisi. Um, I am not confident in the pronunciation. I'm just kind of going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he is in Gangster Squad. No, I, I, I think he always does like a pretty good job of his performances. I really like him. Yeah. Um. This is also, I think, one of the first major films where all the backgrounds are like CGI. Yeah, um, and like something that eventually <laughs> gets overused, but it works kind of here because it's all stylized. Oh yeah, yeah. I think. Um. Yeah, I think absolutely. Um. It is a bit like it looks a bit weird it looks like like a i guess it's not really oh maybe it is kind of fair 2005 is when like youtube started it looks like something that a youtuber could do now pretty easily um <laughs> but like i don't think that takes away from it being like incredibly fun um just like a really like kind of neat like adventure movie that's like it's very tongue-in-cheek it's like very like doesn't take itself too seriously i think the maybe the one um criticism that i would have like about this movie which like i wouldn't even really have um if there wasn't like a shining example of this in like a later movie um on this list but the villain just kind of like sucks and like isn't like menacing also like spoilers like neither one of them is real so i'm not even sure what's even happening with that um it's just so like the movie is fine without it. Um, I just feel like this movie could have been so much more heightened if like the villain was like this really like either like a menacing or like really fun presence, and not like a robot operating on yeah, not not a half of the mansion. Can... <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, something to bring up is like for much of the film, you are allowed to believe that like the villain is. A, do- a doctor, a Tottenkopf? I, I forget how to say it, but a mysterious mad scientist who you only ever see in, like, video and audio files, but they're not really a character, so I guess maybe that gave him more leeway, but in a move that would certainly get a lot more discourse now, that role is portrayed by video and audio files of fam- a very famous, very deceased Shakespearean actor, Laurence Olivier. Um, oh my, really? Huh. Yeah, he'd been dead for nearly 13 years at the time, but he was depicted as, like, yeah, the mad scientist, like Dr. Tuttenhoff. Yeah, and, like, I guess, um, to, like, sort of explain at the end, like, the problem is, is that, like, listen, they alluded to, or not alluded to, but early in the movie, there was characters watching The Wizard of Oz, so, like, there's totally that parallel of, like, don't look at the man behind the curtain. There's even, like, a big hologram version of his head later on to, like, strengthen that homage. But the problem is, is that, like, like uh, Lawrence, um, his character had, like, a right-hand, uh, a right-hand person um, that, like, could have, like, been like, oh, I'm the actual mastermind behind everything. But, like, she ends up just being, like, a robot anyway. <laughs> so there's, like, no real no, person mean, she... behind any of it. <laughs> I mean, she is the mastermind, kind of. Um, to, yeah. To get into... It, this is a film that's, like, again, it's an old adventure story, but yeah, it's set in, like, alternate 1939, where, like, Zeppelins are still a thing, which, all the right way, I'm like, okay, I'm on board. Like, I always like when people are like, how do we show, like, an alternate world? And they're like, people still use Zeppelins. That's the... <laughs> exactly. Also, the robots are really cool. I think the first robots look kind of silly, but after that, all yeah. the robots are, like, really, really cool. And, like, the laser sound they make is really cool. I love that. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. It opens with, like, a big robot attack. Um, yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow is this reporter, Polly Perkins, and who's, like, looking into a disappearance of a bunch of renowned scientists and, like, leads her to this doctor in the Wizard of Oz who is, like, look, Tony Cop's coming for me next, and then robots attack, and then her ex-boyfriend, the Sky Captain, who is just, like, a pilot who's really good or something, like, Joe Sullivan, like, comes and commands, like, the Air Force to, like, defeat the robots, and, like, she, like, photographs it even though she's in danger. Yeah, it becomes a thing, like, she has a camera that has, like, it becomes a... a certain amount of shots, it becomes a key plot point. Exactly. Yeah, like, um, at some point in the movie, like, she only has two shots left, so, like, almost every scene, they, like, see something really cool, and she's like, mm, I can't take a picture of it, I only have two shots left. Yeah, and then both of the shots get wasted. Oh, yeah, it's so, it's so funny. Well, like, the first one, like, yep. they're, like, getting attacked by, like, a weird, like, dinosaur creature. And, like, she actually just shoots, like, the ground. And then at the at the yeah. end of the movie, there's, like, this big, like, sweeping scene of, like, um, a bunch of, like, uh, escape pods from, like, a big rocket, like, landing in the ocean. And But instead, she decides to turn the camera and take a picture of um, the sky captain. And then the last line in the movie is just Jude Law saying, like, the cap was on. <laughs> Which is just such a fun way to end the movie. Yeah, it, it's a really good end note, but yeah, it's, but yeah, the movie is then, like, kind of going, yeah, basically it's been so sort of a video game, you're going from this setting to this setting to kind of yeah, it, it, figure yeah, out the, the mystery. Absolutely, like, the way it, like, seems like that is that, like, this is, like, the exact type of writing you would see in, like, a video game where it's like, okay, we need the characters to, like, be in, like, a jungle level, like, how do we connect these two things? <laughs> Yeah, it's them going around to, like, get to a mystery. They go to Shangri-La. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's monks and, like... Yeah, I think they like, have, like, oh. their... They have their one friend. I think it's uh, Kaja, or Kaja, uh, played by um, Omid Dahali, or... I can't pronounce that. Um, yeah, and I can't... I also... Yeah, so... With apologies to that, yeah, actor very sorry. Who's very he's good. very, very good. He's he's um, an Iranian actor and comedian, and I f- I feel like I've seen him in other things too. Um, but yeah, no, um, he's sort of yeah, he's with the the monks, and then the monks end up like turning on all three of them. Um, I was like really confused at this point about like what was happening and who went where and why. Um. Because, <laughs> like, a lot of, like, the set settings move really, really fast. So then they meet. At that, I think it's some... After that, I think they meet with, like... Do you know the name of the person that they meet? Like, the the sort of person that, like, leads them into, like, the right direction of, like, where they might end up... Where, like, where they might end up needing to go next? Are you talking about Angelina Jolie? Mm, like the... No, but I... I yeah, we can, we can go to that one, because I think that is, like, the next part after. But there's there's someone that points them in that direction, at the very least, I think. Um, yeah, they're... But, yeah, they're eventually led to... Oh, yeah, because throughout the time we're getting hints on their relationship, and part of it is because, like, she always suspected he had cheated, cheated on her, or, like, with this woman, Frankie, who is played by Angelina Jolie, who... Is third build in the movie, but has like t- very little screen yeah. time. Yeah. To be fair, I think she might have like the third most, though. I think at least I, because th- like she's in it like quite I a mean, bit. I mean, Rabisi's in it a bit. Yeah, like, yeah, t- yeah. He's he's near the beginning. Um, 
Yeah. But I think she, but she was definitely heavily promoted as, like, being in the film, like, this is, like, Tomb Raider's taken off a bit, like, she has, she's an inner star, but yeah, she does play this kind of really cool character who's, like, leads them to this island. Yeah, they have, like, big, like, British helicarriers that, like, fly above, like, the ocean where they can, like, um, because they find out that, like, the base is, like, somewhere in, like, this, like, remote part of the ocean that they need to, like, get into. That leads them into, like, this big, like, I think this leads them into, like, the big, like, jungly area that leads them into, like, the, uh, like, the main hull. Because essentially the whole, the whole thing, like, the whole big plan of, like, the mastermind, um, is that he just wants to make a second arc, um, with, like, two of every animal on a big rocket that's gonna launch them into space. Yeah, he's given up on humanity, he has this big Noah's Ark rocket, and it's going to destroy the world if it launches because of the afterburner. Yeah, once it reaches, like, a certain, like... Once it reaches the atmosphere, the afterburners will ignite and ignite it and essentially set everything on fire. Like, it's... Like, I guess they and... could have, like, had, like, an interesting angle of, like, this plan is, like, clearly insane. Who would possibly, like, want this plan to happen? And, like, clearly, like, there's, like, some sort of, like, automation, like, doing it. Yeah, because I think what you're rushing over is they eventually find that Tajinkov has, like, died some time ago. Like, 20 years. And his last note is, forgive me. So what has kind of happened, or the implication is, he had second thoughts about his plan... But he had programmed his machines to essentially just keep following it no matter what. Oh, okay, I I so may have missed he, that entirely. Then yeah, no, then that's really I think I like that a lot. Yeah, so basically they killed him or like did something and just continued his plan for like the past twenty years. But they're able to save the day and oh yeah, we we definitely brushed over the kiss, but the kiss is like an interesting like it's a funny thing too because like there's a point where she wants him to, he wants her to turn back. That's the thing, too. He's like, you're just a reporter. You're like, turn away. She's like, no, no, I need to get the story. I need to get the story. And there's a point where he kisses her, but it's to distract her so he can knock her out. <laughs> it's a really, really good scene. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, I think later in the movie, like, he, he, he she, uh, she sort of, like, clocks him in the back of the head or, like, the side of the head when, like, they meet up again. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because, like, he, like, sends her over and he's like, get her somewhere, play safe. But then she just escapes and goes back. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're not getting rid of me. Yeah. Like, and, like, essentially they're able, like, to disable the, disable, like, the rocket and, like, able, like, to send all the animals out on, like, little escape pods. And that that's where the... Oh, oh sorry, go on. Yeah, oh, sorry. That That is near the end. It's he's going to go inside the rocket to sabotage it from the inside, and she wants to come, and that's where he's like, no. And that's when they. Yeah, exactly. I think, like, the. I think um, Giovanni's character is like, there's. If you go in, there's, like, not enough time for you to get out, essentially. So, like, it's like a. It's like a sacrifice mission. That is, it's sort of. That's what it's, like, um, portrayed as to them. But they're able to get into, like, the last escape pod. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then there's the the great titular scene where like all of the all of the animal uh, escape pods are like parachuting into the ocean, and they're they're there too. And she wants to take like a beautiful picture of it for the story, but she ends up just taking a picture of Jude Law with the with the cap on, uh, which is really funny. <laughs> and that's the sky captain. Like again, it's a fun movie. Definitely, it has a really unique style to it. Like, like you said, it's sort of like inspired off of, um, off of like the the 
the comic books of like the the 40s um yeah yeah and it's the kind of film i wish again like especially as we go on i wish like we'd get more kind of just crazy wild swings like this yeah absolutely it's definitely like a really good like palate cleanser um especially on like this list which is like kind of dominated by um by like pretty good like good love stories and then like electra um (laughs) it's like a i i really uh i really do like it it's a nice little um i i would always prefer like a a really unique like thing that foibles a little bit than like a perfectly executed thing i've seen a million times yeah that's the thing yeah give me the like Give me the people trying something, trying to exactly. That's art, baby. Oh yeah, and like um, especially that like this is like an original story. That's what threw me off the most because like watching this, I'm like, okay, this is clearly uh, a novelette series that has like forty issues and there's like a million pieces of lore. Like, <laughs> but it's it's just not. It's just something they decided to make, and it's super duper fun. Yeah, and maybe if it had done well, there'd have been more, and <laughs> we'd all be familiar with the Sky Captain. But like, exactly. Now it's just like your cult class. Exactly, it would have been the big three. It would have been a uh, Hunger Games, Divergent, and Sky Captain: The World of Tomorrow. Um, but if we have nothing else to say on that point, then I guess we've. Oh, Ju- oh yeah, Jude Law will return for the holiday kiss. <laughs> um, with Cameron Diaz and. Oh yeah, and this is Paltrow's last nom, and oh yeah, yeah, really good run. Yeah, this is some some people like they get nominated for best kiss a lot, and it's not good movies they're in or good performances like Jim Carrey, but Paltrow I think is solid all the way through. Like, yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, now time yeah. to move on to um, my favorite movie, uh, Electra. So. God. So those of you who listened to, I don't know if it's last, it would be the, not last episode, but the episode before, two episodes episodes ago, ago. um, you may have already, you may already be spoiled in on the fact that I did not end up liking Electra despite going in really positively to it. Um, Oh yeah, you added like an editor's note to confirm you hated Electra. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But let's start out with some of the good. I think the first scene set it up and I was like, this could be like kind of an awesome movie. Um, I think with two of these movies, we sort of touched on, you know, the amount of like sexism that exists in cinema, you know, and like even even if it's not like overt or like clearly harmful, there are definitely like little things that are like kind of like on their face. They're not bad, but they contribute to like a really like bad environment. And I think one of them, or like a big pet peeve for me, um, is like when it's like, there's like a girl superhero, and then the villains, their whole trope is like, uh, a girl doing a thing? Ugh. And like, even if they're like the villain, I think it's just like really annoying. And something that I loved about like the intro scene is when that guy is just going off about how terrifying this person is. And like, they aren't doing like any like, she they're so terrifying. And she's a girl, too. Like, they didn't play that angle at all in the first scene. And I really appreciated that. I thought that's what we were going to get more of. But then, lo and behold, I think the villain later on in the movie actually, like, is super like, a girl can't do things. That's stupid. Yeah, it's... 
it is a film. It's it's funny that first thing because the first scene has a lot of heavy lifting to do because of course in comic books Daredevil's whole thing is she's this really cool assassin who's like involved with ninjas and stuff. But then when they made Daredevil, her thing is oh she's the daughter of a diplomat who's being trained because like to protect her from killers. But like essentially none of that other stuff is there. So they immediately do like a like redirect where for reasons that are never explained. Terrence Stamp resurrects her, like, he's a blind martial arts master, he works for something called The Chase, so it begins with, like, her being resurrected and being taught, like, this ancient art of something that gives its pe- the people who use it the ability to, like, see stuff before they happen, yeah, she, she and has... also resurrect the <laughs> yeah, dead. Yeah, she has, um, she has, like, premonitions, like, Sherlock Holmes-style where she like see an event happen and then like how everything's going to play out if she makes a certain decision but she won't let go of her anger and fear of seeing her mother's killer <laughs> as a child which like which, which is... is represented by a really goofy looking devil um in the flashbacks <laughs> yeah the cuz the guy who killed her mother this weird devil <laughs> yeah i thought we were going i thought it was going to be i saw that scene again the beginning of this movie actually gave me like a lot of hope like first of all that first scene is actually super cool like i don't want to like i don't want to understate like how much i love like her just like slowly dismantling everybody and then the guy just explaining to them like yep like uh, a good assassin like knows that like will like um will be like at your front door by the time you even know they're there and just stuff like that and the fact that like that's just like a really cool scene you know i was expecting the movie would be that but the movie like right after that just turns into like this really painfully boring movie like that's like kind of like a love story kind of like a like uh uh what's the right word like parent slash guardian relationship with like the kid um it's just like man it's not a bad concept but just everything in the execution is so painfully boring for a majority of the movie yeah this movie if you read the summary you're like oh that sounds cool but it is not it's like really dull it's really bad like and like it's so bad because like all the interesting parts like, are given, like, all of, like, the henchmen are really, like, cool, but I don't know any of their names. I don't think any of them speak barely at all. Like, but they all have, like, like the tattoo. I think his name's literally just Tattoo, which was hilarious, by the way. Um, yeah, I think I think that is a Daredevil villain. Like, the one oh, I yeah. know is, yeah, the one I know is someone is, like, actually the person involved with the with the kiss uh typhoid who in the comics yeah. is named typhoid mary <laughs> yeah her powers are essentially like she's essentially like poison ivy um except like just or like uh, like her power is making things sick right or is her, her power aging things up really fast because i actually couldn't tell yeah her power which also i'm not sure if she has this in like the like com- comics or the thing Oh, and the character was, in fact, in the second season of Iron Fist. But, like, in the comics, her whole thing is she has, like, dissociative identity disorder, and she... But, like, I think in the comics, she has, like, psionic abilities. Like, it's 
I don't think it's like whatever that movie thing is that just makes her like... Yeah, it just seems like she's just doing like Poison Ivy stuff. There's even like a scene where she blows a kiss at one yeah. of the people at the at like a big boardroom meeting at the evil corporation it, yeah. and like they... It's Rogan X-Men. She has like a poison touch so like if yeah. she touches people they're gonna die. Like it's... It's super duper strange. And like the problem and like yeah. those like the... I think... Uh, there's definitely one I'm forgetting because I don't even know what he does but I think there's like there's like a really big like buff guy who's just like i don't think i think his power is just being like really strong and like he can like take a bunch of hits i think there's like a scene where like they like shoot a like a shotgun at him and then like all the bullets just hit his chest and then fall down um there's a guy who is super cool and like could have been super interesting if he ever talked but essentially his power is that he has a bunch of tattoos and those tattoos can like leave his body and become like what they are so like he has like a crow and like a wolf and like they can like leave it, and like he can have his crow do do surveillance. It's like, what in, like so cool, but they never talk. And I think there's one more person that I'm just forgetting completely. Other than I think there's like the main villain. Um, I'm trying to remember the name, but there's like the. It's like. Kareji or something. Yeah, or yeah, he's just he's just sort of like um he just has like a sword. I don't know if he even has any power. I think he has like the same like premonition powers, I think, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, he's also like a daredevil character, but he's like a minor person and then this film they're like, Oh, he can be the main villain, why not? Like it's Yeah. <laughs> but um Yeah, and I know like we're talking a or at least I'm talking a lot about these villains. These villains are not the movie. The main thing of the movie is this like incredibly boring love story and an incredibly boring like somewhat like guardian relationship between Electra and like the the daughter, the yeah, girl, Abby, who is like super powered through. She's like a once in a generation assassin talent, maybe. Uh, it's. Yeah, it's. I barely remember what's yeah, exactly. going on. This movie, this. this movie stinks. This movie stinks on ice. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Electra's like an assassin. She's hired to protect this like, this like person from an assassination attempt. Uh, like. No, I think. Oh no. Which wait, also, wait. I think the initial hiring, it's like a ploy. Like Stick hires her, but you don't find out. Yeah. Like the well, end. I think if I'm not mistaken, I think the thing is that she's hired to assassin these people. So yeah, now I am remembering that, yes, you are right, she is hired to, like, <laughs> kill people, but she won't learn who the clients are until she spends a few days in a rented home on an island. Yeah, and, like, uh, again, like, whenever I'm watching these bad, bad movies, I'm always like, oh, what could make this, like, way more interesting? I think it'd be interesting if, like, she just killed them and then the movie was about something else. <laughs> <laughs> like, but, like like weirdly enough that would be like really really cool i don't know just like it's just like it's so weird to like set up this character as like oh this character is like a ruthless assassin in like the first scene and then like the scene after that is her going like i can't do it i can't do it for some reason like it's just so yeah it's like i don't know it's just so after watching like movies that portray like movies kind of like the like the notebook and like garden state to like a certain extent that like barring from like a few problems with like each like portrayed like very like real like pretty real relationships with like 
real interactions to see something where it's like i can't do it because i just feel like i like this person or like i feel a connection with these people like without knowing them at all like it's such a weird personality trait from someone who just we've we've just been the only thing if you only watch this movie the only thing you know about this person is that they're like a ruthless assassin who who like pulls no punches (laughs) um and if you knew the columbus character you're probably pretty upset about this exactly Yeah, the girl, Abby, like, tries to steal Electra's dead mother's necklace. Then later she meets, like, your father, Mark. Oh, yeah, their last name is Miller, as a tribute to Frank Miller, who cr- created Electra for, like, his run on Daredevil. Oh, um, neato. That's that's nice. Yeah. Also, um, yeah. heated debate. Is this a Christmas movie? Uh, <laughs> a la... <laughs> was the Christmas happy? Yeah, this movie takes place, like, on Christmas. <laughs> you didn't i do not remember it's like one it's like one of the first scenes where it's like you want to come in and have christmas dinner oh (laughs) that's odd because it's also set on an island so it's not wintry at all (laughs) oh my gosh yeah but yeah she learns that he and mark are the targets she decides to spare them and leaves but then she comes back to stop them from the hand and the hand also created by mark miller in the comics are like this thing of like ninjas and i think the thing people don't realize is like daredevil fights the hand a lot and people are like oh yeah it's cool it's ninjas but i think this is a problem that the marvel netflix shows ran into when they tried to make the hand the overarching villains this is an issue like stuff comes in the hand is not like really that interesting it's 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 just ninjas ninjas. yeah it's like there's not there's not a lot you can do and like I don't know, are like the are like the people they hire part of the hand or like those extra people? Like the tattoo guy. Yeah. They're like mercenaries who are also working for the hand. Oh yeah, cuz the ha- hand is also just more like we're a mercenary group in this one. Yeah, and like there's totally ways you could like make that interesting, which like this movie absolutely could have. So then she fights a bunch of people in orchards and hedge mazes and uh, it's really boring she has like a her handler as an assassin sacrifices himself apparently i barely remembered that happened um yeah there's a scene later on where she blows up a bunch of ninjas by like turning on a stove and then like throwing (laughs) throwing like a a lighter into it (laughs) Yeah. And then to, just and to the response of the head, the like the I can't remember if it's um if it's a uh, Karigi, but he just goes clever girl. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> which is I guess that's like a I guess that could be like a small Jurassic Park reference, but it just seems like really weird to like see an explosion and go ah clever, you blew them up. Uh, the kiss, as we've alluded to, is one of these people, ty- Typhoid, who, again, in the comics is called Typhoid Mary. I think, apparently in the DVDs they just call her Typhoid Mary, but here they just call her ty- Typhoid. And she gives Electra the kiss of death, which is, like, just, she kisses her, and they show the fact, like, poison, like, seeping in, and it's fine. I'm like... Yeah, and also, um, 
it's more interesting than anything yeah. else that happens in that scene. Exactly. It's, it's just, it's like, listen, like the, the, like, I think like the ground, like there's like, it's a cool, it's hard to describe because like my brain is so checked out by this scene already, but it's like not a horrible kiss. Like it's tough this year because I think this year has some like real bangers, but it like in like a worse year, I could see this one like, ranking maybe third or something or even maybe second if it was a really bad year because like the kiss itself is like kind of cool this would have cleaned up last year (laughs) exactly um oh i'm saying this is just a strong kiss yeah Um, yeah this movie is boring i think this is like the first time excluding like like movies that are like genuinely problematic where i'm like don't freaking watch this yeah, this is, again, I think I mentioned this last week, this was the maddest I had been that I had to watch <laughs> for this podcast that wasn't, like, actively Lolita. Like, it was... Yeah, and, like, I guess, well, I'll, I uh, I don't have much more to say. Um, one more positive thing is that, like, the fights, this was, like, more near the end, but, like, the fights are, like, kind of cool. It's really tough, um, because my, swear, swear inbound, um, my sort of, like, perception of, like, choreogra- choreographied or, like, fight scenes in like a movie is super fucked ever since i watched like both the kingsman movies um because like those are just so like fun and energetic and they have so many like things going on that like every time i'm watching like something else i'm like ah not as good as kingsman meh and like which is like not fair at all this is a stunning reveal that that's your high watermark for movie. Fights. I I think the fights in the Kingsman are really good. I think they're like you talking about. Have you seen the second one? I have not seen the second one. The first one, yeah. Solid you know, fights. I um, saw Kingsman two before I saw Kingsman one, and in Kingsman two, there's a scene where a character has like an electric lasso, and I think one of the characters like spins through it. Um, maybe the fights in two are, like, better than the fights in one by, like, a large margin. I just, like, my brain, like, couldn't process that because, like, I watched two, then one. So, like, my perception was, like, going into it was, like, oh, Kingsman have great fights. Um, and, like, and the church scene, too. The church fight? Come on. That's in the first one. Yeah. The the church fight's good. Yeah. Like, they have good fights. I just think it's, there's so many movies with good (laughs) fights and that's what you go to. Uh, That's my uh, go-to. Back to Electra. <laughs> yeah. Bad movie. Bad. Oh yeah, the villain killed her mother. Yeah. What Whoa. a really necessary thing to throw in. Yeah. There. It's just how yeah. boring. I think this is the worst Marvel movie by far. I'm trying to think. Yeah. I remember I, maybe Ghost Rider Two is worse. I've never seen Ghost Rider Two, but like the Blade movies are really fun. Um, Daredevil's fine for what it is. Um, everything in the MCU is like you fine. Even uh, Thor two is like, pre- and that's the worst one, and that one's pretty good. Um, so, uh, there are way worse movies in the MCU than oh, Thor two. Name one. Like, name one. MCU has like a baseline. Name um, wait. Iron Man two. Ah, okay. If you were gonna, you know what? If you said Iron Man three, I would have fought you on it. But you said Iron Man two, and you you got me. No, Iron Man three is one of the yeah. Best okay. Ones. Good. I. I there's, that's a that's a dividing line. <laughs> we had this conversation. Um, uh, not on yeah. air, but like off To be air, fair, but like, I it's... would probably wager that Iron Man 2 and Thor 2 are probably equal, maybe. Um, in like badness. But yeah, this might be... Elektra is like 
Electra is 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 staring up at Thor two and Iron Man two from an abyss uh, of quality. I'll also say some of the Fantastic Four movies are very dire. But... I remember enjoying those so much as a kid, but I maybe they aren't good any. But like the problem with the Fantastic Four movies is that I doubt they're boring to like the point of like not enjoying. No, Fantastic Four twenty fifteen oh, is what I mostly think. You know of. what? Fantastic, because uh, they made the <laughs> A of four. Um, Fan fantastic. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's really bad. Okay, you know what? I haven't seen that one, so I'll need to watch Fan Fortastic and Ghost Rider two before I can before I can definitively say that this is the worst Marvel movie. Yeah, Elektra, bad movie. Don't watch it. Yep. Not 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 even. There's not even like a clip I could recommend because like all of it's like bad. But last we have the Girl Next Door, a film which. I was not looking forward to, and then wound up enjoying, like, a lot. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so, like, like, like I alluded to earlier, like, the order I watched this in definitely, like, shaped how I was feeling. So I was just coming off Electra, and then this movie started, and I was so annoyed with, like, I thought, after watching, like, American Pie and, like, a not another teen movie. I was like, I just don't want to watch another like coming of age high school movie that that has no cool twists or like interesting characters. And like for the first like twenty minutes, I was like, this is gonna be so boring and bad. And I couldn't have been more wrong. See, and I was into like like that opening scene with people just going for their yearbook memories and like. Well, that was on my wavelength. I'm like, okay, I'm getting into this. And then, like, it's getting... But, like, I also was aware, like, of, like, you know, certain stuff coming up. I'm like, oh, well, maybe this turns bad. But, like, it, yeah, I think you were right. There's, like, some good twists. It's kind of a heist movie in the end. Yeah, like, it's... it's, like, it definitely... This movie, like, kind of fluctuates. Um, or, like, it's, like, pretty... It feels pretty generic. And then it has, like a pretty, like, interesting, like, twist, and then it sort of, like, kind of starts to, like, teeter back into, like, oh, man, like, the, I don't, depending on what the conflict is in this movie, like, this might actually end up not being great, and then it just takes you on such a roller coaster from, like, halfway point to the end. It lands so strongly. Were you aware what the premise of this movie was before you not watched it? Like, not even a little bit. Not even a slight, I had no clue. Yeah. Um, I guess, I guess spoilers, yeah. but like the twist of this movie is that, um, so there's, uh, Emile Hurst's character, Matthew, uh, like starts like fall, like really starts like this girl, um, played by, uh, Alicia, Kirk- Alicia, Alicia Cooper. Cooper, whose character is, um, Danielle. And like, they start like hitting it off. Um, it, they have like a really like kind of weird relationship where like he like pervs on her through a window and then she like, it's like. Well, to get even, you have to get naked in front of my car. And then I got to experience this twist alongside with the characters. Because one of, like, Matthew's friends, like, shows him, like, hey, that girl he's been talking to, she's, like, a porn star. (laughs) Which I was, I was like, oh my gosh, what a twist. What a, what a, not a Wild Things twist, but what a twist. Like, I'll say, yeah. You definitely experienced it, Hal, because this was all over the advertising. Um, like, this was, like, the movie where it's, like, he he falls for someone who used to be a porn star. And Yeah, it's... and, like, quick disclaimer, this movie 
doesn't have the best relationship with the sex work industry, but it doesn't have the worst. It is about as sex positive a movie as you are going to get for a 2014 comedy where the premise is Emile Hirsch falls in love with an ex Yeah, like, I don't think at any point in the movie it's the movie is ever trying to make the statement that, like, I guess, like, you could kind of argue that, like, near the end when, like, she... It's really tough because, like, there's two ways of reading it where, like, she just had a bad experience with sex work, so, like, she's like, thank you for saving me from this. And But there's another way of interpreting that about, like, oh, people in sex work need to be saved. And, like, that could be... But, like... I think it gets around it with the characters of her friends, who, even though one of them has, like, that dark thing, but it does show that there are people who, like, are, do yeah. kind of, like, in the industry. Like, even the villain is, like, pretty happy, like, in his... in in industry and is well like and well it's definitely like a sleaze bag like so it's not like that horrible he, he's like, tongue-in-cheek he's just trying he's trying to live you know he's trying to just make by you know he's not he's um he's a little vindictive but like not he's not like outwardly evil yeah but like i think crucially the movie's never really like judging like obviously he's a little like judgmental at first and that's like a big part of the conflict is that like his friend's like well yeah you just like gotta treat her like that and she hates it and that's like this is why i didn't tell you i knew like this would like change things but like it's never like the movie's never portraying him as he's in the right for having treated that, her that that's way. perfect yeah like, that's exactly the distinction of that like of course the characters feel a certain way but like the movie never like um, like vindicates those feelings in like a meaningful way but yeah also yeah, i'm going to tell you now the tagline for this movie which i saw on it was yeah he never saw her coming but all of his friends did which makes it sound like it's gonna be a much worse movie <laughs> that's an amazing tagline that's so funny <laughs> And it's almost kind of meta because the film itself was like this: is that it was going to be this really like sleazy film. It's like, ooh, look at this! But it really is just kind of like sweet love story that just yeah. happens to like cross into this yeah. world. And like, I think I, I alluded to this earlier in the podcast. Oh my gosh, the villain in this movie is so good. He is so yeah, he, Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, playing Kelly, he is conniving he's manipulative he like he's really he's funny. so funny he's he's charming when he needs to be um <laughs> yeah. there's a point where he's dragging like matthew out of like class to like take take him on something and then he turns around to the, to the class he's like uh stay in school just because he's like well how do i like leave the situation <laughs> he's, as he's like kidnapping someone he's super like, charismatic oh my gosh yeah absolutely um and like the two friends characters are like they're kind of eh um i would say there's one character who like falls exactly 50 50 for me where like half of his jokes are like the funniest thing about the movie for me and then the other half are like he just kind of says the f slur and like e and like ooh, i don't really like that at all yeah there's some stuff again loss of as an age well there's a joke i think part of it is funny and then part is like maybe presenting cambodia as more third worldly than it actually is but because one of the like things is matthew like 
He's this high school kid who's never really made the most of his experience, but what he has done is he's raised $25,000 to bring this brilliant student, Sam Young, over to the United States. And the joke is that the whole school is just completely on board with it, partly because half of them are all in love with this kid. (laughs) There's a bit where he's like at a party and this guy saw this this dude oh yeah because one popular dude's like hey there's no room for you get out of here and then someone comes up he's like man when some young come in there he's like i'm gonna make love to that little dude i'm gonna have sex with him like it's, also and it's not paid gay panicky no, it's just this guy's really just, drunk he loves it's, him like i re- i really like um so like i think that there's a real you know we talked about you know sexism in the industry i think this movie has like a tinge of like racism in the industry but I think one of like the biggest problems in cinema is the mis um, treatment or like misrepresentation of like jocks. Okay, this movie gets it right because like I'll tell you what, jocks are not even like the meathead ones, and like especially the meathead ones, they are not like too cool for school, like talking to each other during an assembly. They are hype as fuck for whatever is going on all the time. Like, if there was, like, an exchange student coming in, you better believe that, like, the meatiest of head football players would be so hyped for this kid coming. Like, they are just super, like, energetic people. And it's it's really upsetting to me that so many movies think that these jocks are just too cool for school, which is, like, the polar opposite of what they're really like in real life. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, like, a good portrayal. I'll say in general, like, I think they do a good... W- job fleshing out the world of like this high school where you kind of have a sense of how like uh, of like the culture in it and like it it is pretty good like you were talking about like the sexism and i think there's like a clear thing here in this film which you you know definitely has well never i think alicia cooper but you definitely have like a few exposures of like women's like breasts and stuff but in something that is more death more like a film industry thing than this film specifically but it's interesting because it does play into like the climax a bit it's like female nudity has always been more seen as more acceptable than like male nudity like yeah exactly like when like you never see like when emile hirsch like his character kind of has to expose himself to make it even you don't see it um a key key thing about this film is one of the characters is going to have to like show their penis and again you never really see it which i can kind kind of get that thing but if you're not going to show that then you don't need to show the boobs exactly you know like listen if the movie maybe it's a different time but if the movie blockers starring john cena can show me a, a a full screen of penis then any movie can yeah that bit's so funny i love blockers so much I do, this is unrelated, I do too. <laughs> blockers one of the best films of 2018 um, it's... oh maybe though if there's a kiss in it we can bring it up in our 2018 episode of of missed opportunity there must be a kiss in it there has to be there are there are kisses it culminates in like they're all in hotel yeah. rooms like it's <laughs> Definitely like Catherine Newton and boy from Good Wife, whose name I don't remember, but the joke is he tells his parents everything. Oh my gosh, that's such a funny... Oh yeah, okay. But yeah, no, sorry. (laughs) Oh, also the girl kisses like magic Asian lesbian, which is maybe the one part of that movie where I'm like, oh, you could have made her more human, but... Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, but this film, yeah, so he... So once he finds out she's in the industry, 
like basically like she's she's really hurt and she decides well if even this guy who i really like and oh yeah we brushed over this because it's in their initial thing but the kiss in this movie is really good oh yeah oh my god like that's what i that's what i was talking about earlier with like the the notebook one where like i think the notebook is clearly like a better movie overall but like the kiss in this like is rivaling it in like how in how amazing it is yeah, they're at this party, he's been told to leave, like, she's kind of living it up, and he decides to take a chance, and he goes over and just kisses her, and it is great, like, uh, I, I haven't been making the playlist for, like, all the kisses like I was going to as much as for when kisses her, <gasps> YouTube, the girl next door. I'm sorry, I thought I, I, I thought, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I muted myself, I did the opposite of muting myself. YouTube, the girl next door, kiss. This is clean. Nothing happened just now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm very, very sorry. (laughs) It it was fun. But no, the kiss is like incredible. Like it's. Oh yeah, it's like it's sweeping. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah. Oh yeah, because yeah, because one of the things about this kid is like he's pretty anxious, and there's like a running bit for the movie where like he will imagine like the worst case scenario for things. Like it's early on. There's something where he imagines like cop getting like essentially just harassed by like a bunch of teens right before he drives by, and the cop just targeting him and then getting in a car accident Oh, while yeah, that's... Him. Oh, that was so... I thought that was real. That was so scary. Yeah, and then it cuts, like, back to the parking lot, and you're all like, huh? And then there's, like, some of, a couple other times where that happens. Happens. But, but, like, the idea of... Yeah, he's, like, this anxious kid. He doesn't take a lot of chances, but he takes this chance, and it works, and... That's what makes it kind of hurt when, like, he's suddenly just treating her poorly yeah. when he, like, finds out about her past. Yeah, exactly. Like and, like, like we said, like, the movie definitely is, like, very, like, he's not right in that opinion. I don't think the movie, like, validates that opinion that he has in that, like, about that at all. But then, of course, once this happens, she decides, okay, if if not even this guy is so nice can, like, see me differently, maybe I'm, like, can just never get out of this industry Oh, yeah, there's also a part where he has drawn her earlier in the film that's going to be relevant later. Part, I think like, she draws herself, and it, it looks so goofy. <laughs> oh, yeah, someone draws her. There's a drawing of her that's going to be helpful. I thought he did it because he's like, this is how I see you, and that's what convinces her no, to leave. The, so the scene that where the drawing happens is that they're at, like, a diner, and then, like, they're sort of talking about, like, oh, why don't you have a girlfriend? And it's like, well, like, I just need a girl who, like, and then, like, they list off a bunch of things that, like, she is. And then while this is happening, she's, like, drawing something. And she essentially just, like, draws herself and then goes, like, you need a girl like this. And that that's the context of that scene. And that's why he has it at that moment. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So, anyways, but, yeah, so she calls up her old producer, Kelly, who is, yeah, a real chaos element. He's, he, like, really livens up this Absolutely. film a lot. It's he is, like, like, he's so, like, I think this movie would be, like, three notches lower yeah if, if he was not in this movie and like initially i was like oh is yeah. this character gonna be like awful is this character gonna make the movie so much worse given like the context in which you like meet him but like no he ends up being like the easily the yeah. most entertaining part of this movie yeah 
Because he's like, he's the, he's the villain, he's the antagonist, but he's also kind of the mentor. So, like, he takes Matthew under his wing a bit, and, like, obviously the lessons he's teaching him aren't great, but, like, it is something where, like, he does see something in this kid that intrigues him. <laughs> exactly. They have, like, a kind of, like, a, like, a, like, push and pull relationship where, like, like, it's clearly not just, like, one guy being abhorrently evil and then the other guy being, like, the signal of virtue. Like, they're both, like, they're both, like, problem, they're both, like, they're both people with problems, you know? Yeah, like, if he didn't see Matthew as, like, a threat to, like, Kelly making him money, then, like, there would be no issues there as, like, a thing. Oh, yeah, there's also a bit where he takes Matthew to a strip club where he runs into, like, the married friend of his dad. <laughs> yeah. And he makes them get, like, lap dances together. And, oh, yeah, because part of the thing is Matthew is up for a scholarship for, like, moral fortitude? Moral fiber? And the guy's like... Like, so, that scholarship, what's it for again? He's like, uh, moral fiber. It's like, this woman's just grinding on him on a strip club, which, again, it's the joke where, like, that punchline is funny enough for me to overlook the, like, ickiness of it a bit. Yeah, I think it's, it's like, the, the joke is that, like, look at these guys in this awkward situation. Yeah, eventually, Danielle, like, goes off with him to a convention in Vegas, and... He and his friends, like, essentially go off to get her because he's like, I made a mistake. I gotta, like, show her I don't see her this way. Like, there's there's more to her than just this because... And, uh, again, like, the film, like, it's not as sex positive as you can be for 2004 where, obviously, she has her reasons for wanting to get, get out. But I think the film, you know, maybe if she wanted to do it, maybe it's a different story, but maybe it's just a bit easier that she wants to get out. Like, she was, like, a former star when he meets her. It's, it's, it's definitely not, like, um, he's definitely not, like, changing her view yeah. of, like, the world. She already has this, like, perception of the world. Um, it'd be, yeah. it, it, yeah. like, I guess a good parallel would be, like, if there was, like, a movie where, like, somebody was, like, an a, like an actor, but, like, they just didn't like the industry at all, you know? But also, like, the adult film industry, I think, is to say, like, does have a history of being, like, kind of exploitive, which I think this Yeah, does... it's, like, it's really hard to, like... Th this commentary yeah. is, like, really hard to tackle, and I'm glad we have brave movies like The Girls yeah, Next say, Door taking yeah. it head-on. Yeah, I'll say yes. We are, like, pros the sex work industry. We are against exploitation and, like, the danger these women Absolutely, face in, like, the yeah, sex work industry. Absolutely, yeah, 100%. Yeah, to... To keep on our bit of stuff we are for and against, but to do it kind of sincere. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, I've been insincere so, in every pro and against thing I am. <laughs> right, Mr. Deterministic Universe. <laughs> yeah, so basically, she, like, he convinces her to leave for good, and at this point, I'll say a flaw of this film is Danielle is not really a character after this. She's, like, kind of around, but... Her story is effectively over, which would be one thing if this was the end of the film, but there is an entire 40 minutes after this point where she where she just becomes another supporting character. Which, like, it's really tough because, like, I feel like the last 40 minutes kind of, like, they it needs its full attention. Because, like, what kind of happens is that um, he sort of... Kelly wants revenge. Yeah, Kelly wants revenge because, like... Um, he sort of convinced uh, her that, like, that, like, she's sort of, she's no longer going to do it. And, like, Kelly definitely is like, this is your fault. Like, you got into her head. Um, 
And I think he had, like, signed, like, there was some kind of contract, cause, like, he was, she was supposed to film something, and because she didn't, he lost $30,000. Yeah, he's out a ton of money. So, like, he's like, you know what, like, to make it up for me, like, go into this house and steal this thing. Um, a plot device used in a scrub ep- episode, because it turned, see, I caught the burp this time. It turns out that the, uh, the plot device is that while he's stealing the thing, he ends up just calling the police, and it's just this, like, penis-shaped statue from, like, um, Kelly's, like, rival producer. I mean, in Scrubs, Zach Raff think he's, thinks he's <laughs> helping someone move. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, there's this, uh, this, there's this rival porn producer, Hugo Posh, who apparently just lives in the town with Matthew, though I guess he's in Los Angeles or yeah, something. Yeah, like he's it's... close enough, you know. Uh, but, uh, so essentially, after that, um, Kelly then uh, decides to, because earlier on in the movie, they go to the bank together, and uh, Matthew then goes like, oh, this is like my teacher's, like, my teacher's assistant, or like my my helper. Um, So, and with that, he's able to sort of like, schmooze his way later in the movie to like, getting all of the money that was supposed to go to getting the foreign exchange student in. Um, (laughs) So, now, like, and Matthew's, like, out $30,000, roughly. Um, Kelly, like, kind of has it. So they, like, devise a plan to, like, film a porno in the high school with, like, the approval of, like, the rival producer? Well, what you are led as the audience to believe is a porno. Kind of like how audiences were led to believe this film was maybe going to be raunchier than yeah. it actually is. And then, so, like, a lot of, like, the last act of the movie is, like, them just trying to, like... They get, like, a bunch of the jocks to come be in it. Um, eventually, like, one of his friends has to, like, step up and do it. But it's revealed, like, at the end. Kelly is, like, at Matthew's house and is, like, give me, like, the money or I'm going to show your parents, like, the sex tape that you made, like, with all these people, like, the porno. And it turns out that the porno is actually just, like, a, like, really transparent, like, sex education video. <laughs> Yeah, there's a point earlier in the film where they watch this, like, awful sex ed film from back in the day. They're like, this sucks. And so it turns out their plan was not, let's make a porn in the high school, which was, like, Kelly's idea. But it was, like, let's make a real sex education film that, like, actually shows stuff that has... The part that, like, is... I do not think would fly as much in the real world for various reasons, but that's kind of the point, is a condom demonstration with an actual penis... Which I think they mostly just put on the film, <laughs> so you would think they were actually yeah exactly. A porn. It's a bit of a bit a bit of a misdirection. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think yeah. After that, I think the so like with that, like they get enough movie for the exchange student to like be able to come, and like there's sort of like an ending credits thing where it's like everyone's living like their happy lives. Yeah, that was the part that really, like, made me realize how much I like this film, because even though I did not like his friends that much, when he's just summing up, like, whoa, whoa, oh, what he's gonna always remember from high school, I'm like, this is moving me, this is Yeah, doing. no, like, this, this movie is... definitely, like, it's so nice, because, like, I feel like maybe the first bit of this movie I would have enjoyed more if it didn't come right after a lecture when I was already in such a bad mood watching these movies. <laughs> Um, I wonder if this movie, like, holistically is, like, if I were to watch it again in the future, whether I would just like it wholesale and not, like, come around on it. Yeah, it's, but yeah, like, it's a real, like, striking film, and there, oh yeah, some other, 
some other stuff. I want to say that the payoff to, like, his anxiety things is this really interesting thing where... Because the whole prom sequence, even though Alicia Cuthbert, like, is at this point kind of sidelined, beyond she she uses her connections to get, like, some of her, like, adult film stars' friends to be in this film, there is, like, a nice moment where he is, like, just making sure she gets the regular prom experience she never got to have. Yeah. Like, I think that's part of her regret in this industry that it made her grow up too fast. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. And there is also, like, a good bit where, like, he, yeah, like, the jock is supposed to be the one showing his penis, but then he's not going to. He's, like, having performance anxiety. So he's like, well, I'll do it. And it has an anxiety thing of the one teacher who's kind of on to them, like, bursting in and catching them and, like, it's all, and everything going down. And then he comes back, and he's still going to do it, but then he sees, like, a lipstick mark or something she's, like, kissed on his arm, and then he thinks about the relationship, and that, like, the idea that he's, like, I, he's, like, I have feelings for this girl, and I don't actually think I could do, do this thing that would, like, expose myself, because, like, I think, like, I want that to be special, like, that's what convinces him not to do it, rather than, like, his silly anxiety dream, and I thought that was really good. Yeah, I really like that, too. Also, the principal watches, like, the video with his parents, and I thought the reactions were good, where his parents are, like, a bit grown, but then they realize, like, you know, this could be something, and then the principal's like, I think this is, like, atrocious. He's like, but kids are so, like, fucked up anyways, like, just... Yeah, maybe... can't do any more harm Maybe this is the only way to reach them. Yeah, maybe this is the only way to get through, through them, and... And yeah, and that's why I thought, like, it is, like, a... Ultimately, yeah, just this weirdly positive film where I'm like, huh, like it's even Kelly like kind of admits defeat after that, which also I think is a good beat where he just is like, okay, and then he just goes back to making low budget stuff, and the guy sends him cigars because, yeah, because there's a point <laughs> earlier where he's like, look, if you're doing this, make sure the juice is worth the squeeze, and once he's like rich and successful and like going to Georgetown and stuff with his own money, he does send him a box of cigars. And he's like, like oh, I guess the juice was worth the squeeze, and I was like. And then Kelly's just like, oh, that kid. But, like, he's smiling. Like, he's... Yeah, they kind of have, like, a... Like, it's a very, like, playful, like, relationship they have. Like, it's not, like, vindictive or, like, evil. Like, it's just, like, it's like, ah, like, you cut into my business. And, like, I'm not... I don't hate you, but, like, I, you know, like, you're... you're I feel like you've committed a wrong against me, you know? But they end up having, like, this sort of, like, level, like, kind of, like... Like you said, like, a bit of, like, a mentor relationship as well as, like, a bit of, like... Re- mutual respect by the end he really does become kind of the student advisor that he told the <laughs> bank clerk oh yeah that's my last thing about this film a lot of the third act predicates on him like being freaked out because he took the money and telling the bank clerk he's like look you didn't ask for id like this is on you too if like you do stuff and she gets like really mad she's like oh no you're not taking me down for this i'm not gonna lose my job for this but it's like no he He's not wrong. Like, he's being a bit pushy. Yeah, at the end of the day, if this were to fall on anybody, it would absolutely be her. (laughs) The person who just gave this money out without asking for ID or anything. To be fair, for context, they were totally, like, flirting in, like, the last scene they had together. So she was maybe a bit head over heels for the the heartthrob Kelly. But yeah, but it's a good movie. Oh, and Samyang does get there. So I hope you hear a cancer kid, and it's really <laughs> yeah, good. it's a really good like kind of closing line. Also, I'm looking at. I went to go check like best villain to like see if like Kelly even got a nom. He didn't get a nom, unfortunately. Um, it was a really hard year. Like you're, we're talking like, you know, Spider Man Two's Doc Ock 
oh my gosh, Jim Carrey, the Lemony Snicket. Man, was Jim Carrey ever a good actor in anything? Um, you got, yeah, Rachel McAdams for Mean Girls. But of course, all of these pale in comparison to Ben Stiller from Dodgeball. <laughs> and I'm also leaving out the one that is the most baffling to me. Like, like, Tom, he beat Tom Cruise I was just, yeah, that's what I'm about to say. Tom, that is, he is such a good villain in that movie. Oh my, he's like, when like one of your villains is essentially like a, a secondary main character, like, I don't, <laughs> MTV Movie Awards, like, I don't get you sometimes. I'll say Ben Stiller is like a real heel. He is, Dodgeball. he is absolutely. Like, there's no... There's no real bad choices here. It's just any of these other ones I would understand more than, like, even Jim Carrey I would understand more than Ben Stiller. Yeah, yeah, understandable. But, like, oh, my gosh, like. When we eventually cover Best Villain on this podcast, there's going to be some exact Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. We need to get a villain expert. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But in the meantime, though, I guess it's time to rank these films. Yeah, I can go first. So I think at the bottom, it's uh, it was tough, but I think at the bottom we definitely have Elektra. Um, oh my gosh, like I think th- this is absolutely the first, like you, like similar to you, this is the first bad time I've had watching a movie. Like that wasn't Lolita. I'm still gonna stand by that that movie is like gut wrenching and horrible, but at least I felt something. Um, <laughs> okay, I won't force like my anger no, that's, onto you. Listen, <laughs> if you put me under oath, if you put my hand on the book, I would definitely say Lolita probably is like a, if I could stricken one movie from like the annals of time and like remove it from the filmography of life, I would pro I would remove Lolita before Electra. It definitely is like holistically worse, but in terms of like being bored and like just like having like just feeling such a feeling of ugh um definitely electra uh yeah yeah and then i would say after after that these four are all incredibly close like these fall on very 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 like uh like very subtle very weird lines um so i'd say after that would probably be um sky captains I, I feel like if I was, again, it just makes me want to play a video game in this world. Like, I would absolutely love to learn more about this amazing universe they've written. Um, but for the time being, the movie itself is, like, pretty good. But I think above that, I would probably put Girl Next Door. Um, definitely has, like, a shaky start and some, like, weird parts and some jokes that don't land. But, like, overall, really great movie. And then between the two, I don't know what it is. But I think Garden State just, like, was more entertaining to me to watch than Notebook. It's really, really tough, though. Like, it's really, really close. Like, it's uh, it's just really... It's a really close draw with those ones. Um, but I think I'd put Garden State just a slightly above. Um, just because, like... I don't know. I'm not, like, a film guy. I'm the kiss guy. But, like, just something about, like, a lot of, like, the shots in that movie just, like, are really striking to me. Um, I just really enjoyed them. Uh, but on the other hand, like, Notebook's, like, final scenes are, like, some of the most heart-wrenching things ever. But it's really tough. I'm just gonna have to go with my gut with this one and put Garden State just, a just a hair above Notebook. Yeah, um, 
That's in- interesting. Garden State's one where, like, I think if I knew less of the conversations around it, it would probably be a bit higher than I ultimately have it. But I'll say, I'll say the only bad movie here is Electra, The Clear Bottom. And then I probably have Garden, Garden State above that. And then, ooh, this is where it gets tricky. Um, I'm gonna say, yeah. Yeah, I guess Sky, Sky Captain is, like, the third and then Girl Next Door, like, again, maybe it's partly because I was just expecting this was going to be some, like, bad, like, American Pie 2 type raunch fest. And then it was just a really kind of sweet film. But, like, it just really left a number on me, even if there is stuff where I'm like, ah, this could be better, this could be better. Um, and then, yeah, the, no- the Notebook, I think I just have as my number one, like... Well done, yeah, like, well done, like, Nick Cassavetes, director, son of famous director John Cassavetes, like, well done, Nicholas Sparks, for writing a good book that became a great movie, like, but how do the kisses do? Yeah, so this is going to be a bit confusing for our listeners, but I think at the bottom of my kiss, I probably have, um, Garden State, honestly. Um, I think despite some of these movies, um, being a bit worse, I think their kisses are actually, like, kind of good, um. It's a strong it's kiss It's a strong, here. strong kiss here. And, like, you know it's a strong kiss here if the Garden State one's at, like, the bottom, despite me, like, really liking both kisses in that movie. Um, I think above that, we would probably have the Sky Captain's kiss. I think it's, like, kind of nice. It's a little tongue-in-cheek. I feel like it's very, like, thematically appropriate in this, like, sort of campy movie that, like, a kiss was just a diversion so that he could knock her out so that she wouldn't, like, die in a big rocket explosion um i really like that i think above that uh i probably put the electric kiss i think it's like kind of visually neat it's like listen i think something that maybe our listeners clue in on is i don't read the names before i watch the movies if i can help it um i don't read the names unless there's multiple kisses and i usually do that after the movie this kiss was also just shocking and i wasn't expecting it because it happens in like the span of like a few seconds um, and I think in a, I think in a better movie, this would have been like a, a better scene, but I can definitely see what the kiss was like swinging at. I think of itself, it's like an interesting, like visually as well. I think above that, I would put, this is the top two and these two are fighting for each other. But I think that the girl's next door kiss just beats out the notebook by a little bit. Um, wow. <laughs> I think, listen what's like a good analogy they're gonna be banging our our door we're gonna get letters like notebook notebook running second fiddle to on both lists really um it's a it's a la la land situation again for poor ryan gosling he just can't he can't win it out anywhere um (laughs) and the winner is the notebook i mean girl next door um i think the kiss is like i you know what something i will give all of these movies, every single one of these movies, is that the kisses fit the movie perfectly. Each movie has a kiss that just, it fits like a glove, like two cogs um, into their movies. Like, the girl next door's kiss is like wacky and over the top and like chaotic like that movie. The notebook kiss is like very like impassioned and sweet and like it's raining so like there's a lot of it's like raining and it leads into like this furious passion scene of like love making 
and then the electric kiss is like kind of visually neat and and stupid as well it's stupid I'll, I'll give it that um and it makes no sense um so that totally fits with that movie um the sky one is like tongue-in-cheek and like kind of like silly and then the garden state one is uh is like it's depending on which one you go with um i, I think we, we i explained earlier that one is clearly more thematically fitting than the other but like yeah like the gross kind of like they're in trash bags kiss is just so like yeah that's that's the garden state relationship right there yeah i think you summed it up well um mine yeah i'm gonna say girl next door is also my best kiss winner i'm just gonna say at the beginning so when people were like is this gonna be an argument no like i I agree but i rarely do the top to bottom but i'm like let's get this out of the front it's like a really good kiss it's it's also because i was primed for the notebook kiss to be great i was not primed for the girl next door kiss to be great going back oh yeah i can't do a top to bottom so at uh, we'll just pretend i didn't say my winner um at the bottom i'll uh, yeah i'll just say the yeah actually at the bottom uh, i might have this guy captain kiss like it's an all right kiss but i think like him knocking her out like it's do we judge that as part of the kiss yeah you think in a movie like sky captain there'd be a kiss like akin to like that one what's that one like photo of like of like the two like the guy kissing the girl right back right when he got back from war or something yeah the big world war Two one that maybe was like an assault because like who just kisses someone on the street but oh hey, damn it's iconic photo. i definitely as the kissing oh, no. expert i definitely didn't know that <laughs> listen the night at the museum <laughs> when they go into the photo it's it looks like it's fine <laughs> I mean, maybe it was fine. I forget the story behind that photo, but I remember there was one where people were like, wait, is this photo okay? It's definitely something to dissect. But, but like, a kiss like that would, would, yeah, would be more what I would be expecting out of a movie like Sky Captain. Yeah, and, like, there's fun chemistry between them. Like, could do a better kiss. Then after that, I'll, yeah, I'll put the Ele- Electra one. Like, it's the most interesting part of Electra, but, like, not by that much, honestly. And then Garden State. And then The Notebook. And then Girl Next Door. Though I'll say the MTV Movie Award acceptance speech between Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling is, like, the would Blow, is better than the Girl Next blows Door. Blows all guess. the kisses out of the water, really. So back down, haters. <laughs> like, I get yeah, yeah. Yeah. But no, and The Notebook certainly is a more iconic kiss, but hey, we honored the icons a couple weeks ago with Spider-Man. Sometimes we gotta go our own route. Exactly. Listen, like, we... We have our own opinions on many, many things, and especially kisses. Yeah, but with that, it's time to go to the recommendation of the week, where we will recommend anything we want. Yeah, um, so my recommendation of the week, um, I think I'm going to use this moment to um, empower uh, powerful female voices. So when I was driving my mom to work today... She told me that the movie Fifty Fifty, starring Seth Rogen, uh, she told me that she absolutely loved that movie. Um, so I'm going to watch it on top of recommending everyone else to watch it, because uh, I love my mom. Aww, that's... Yeah, shout out to Ben's mom. Very nice lady. Um, yeah, and for my recommendation of the week, I had a few things. I'm going to say just Scrubs. If you're in on Canada, it's on like Disney+. Plus. If you're, like, in the States, it's on Hulu. Other World's probably Disney+, Plus, but, like, it's a really good show. Um, not all of it is aged well. There's some stuff, but, hey, it's pr- but it's pretty good. Zach Braff's, like, 
um, pretty good. It's like one of the better sitcoms of that era. It honestly helped inspire a lot of the sitcoms of that era. Zach Brass really good. Um, also, you can, at the very least, YouTube best Scrubs endings, because Scrubs has some really good, really powerful endings, which is why it's hard to show episodes of Ben, because all the ones I think of have powerful endings <laughs> that are often kind of sad or bittersweet <laughs> yeah, in some way. we watched the pilot and then two episodes that had, like, powerful endings. Oh my god. I mean, the one was happy. Yeah, absolutely. With the baptism. Yeah, yeah. Well, even, yeah. And the other, I would argue, is not fully, like, there is one where, like, he's talking to, like, a patient, and she mentions, oh, I think that will be, like, a big Broadway show, and then at the end, like, she suddenly dies, but he envisions that death is exactly what she wants it to be, and they sing this beautiful song, like, waiting for my real life to begin, like, most of the characters, while Zach Braff just kind of watches, like, in shock, and it's really good, um, but yeah, look up Scrubs endings there's another scr- good scrubs ending called my bright idea am i really just gonna describe a scrubs ending oh oh yeah i am where the premise is one of the characters or two of the characters have been trying for a baby for a long time and they take a pregnancy test that initially does is not like positive it's like a negative test but then the wife leaves, and it turns out it was a really cheap pregnancy test that needed an extra minute, and it was positive, so the husband finds out first. <laughs> so they tell everyone in an attempt to surprise her until they find out the surprise is what she wants. So the ending is they've, like, gone to great lengths to make sure she doesn't find out anyone else knows. Zach Braff blows it immediately when they do to do the reveal where she learns she's pregnant, and then they go to the bar and he gives his speech he's like carlo when turk first told me and she's like what do you mean when turk first told you then it turns out she didn't really care about the surprise she's just glad to be having a baby and it's this really like beautiful ending so that's what a classic scrubs ending yeah (laughs) and with that what do you got to plug um i would have to plug my twitter uh it's at fought that's f-u-t underscore a-l-b-e-e as well as my Instagram, not two pens. That is N O T underscore two underscore P E N S. Hey, and you can find me on Twitter and Letterbox. I always spell my Letterbox and so my Instagram out like a Wolverine. Um, I've never spelled it out because it's exactly how you would think it was spelled. Um, you can find the show on Twitter at Gold Popcorn Pod. You can email us if you're mad about the girl next door reading the notebook at pastagoldandpopcorn at gmail.com. Or if you agree with us and want to be part of like our resistance. Too. <laughs> um, exactly. Man, if a lot of people ever start listening to this podcast, we could be in trouble. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but if you like this podcast, tell people about it. Do that thing. Our theme song is by Matt Samard. He is like if Zach Graff's character in Scrubs wasn't a doctor. That is what he is. And yeah, with that, I think we can talk about next week. Uh, next week, another great year for kisses. And the nominees are Taraji P. Henson and Terrence Howard, Hustle and Flow, Anna Ferris and Chris Marquette, Just Friends, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Rosario Dawson and Clive Owen, Sin City, and the winner. And another very famous guest, Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger, Brokeback Mountain. I can't, I can't wait to watch that. I don't think I've seen, I've seen one of these movies. Um, 
but I can't wait to see them all. Yeah, it's a mostly good year. One notable exception. <laughs> which we will get to. I guess the only one I've seen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so thanks for listening. Um, keep passing that golden popcorn, and just remember, this song is gonna change your life. Yeah. <laughs> And just remember, we're only two episodes away from Little Man. Then you can stop listening to this podcast forever. Right, yeah, <laughs> quick before we get into the Twilight, just go, go out on the high of Little Man. <laughs> oh man, I'm going to be so upset when I have to rewatch it and realize that it's really bad. <laughs> yeah, I am a couple films away on my watches from the from that, uh, and I am man, skeptical. What if it ends up being really, really, really good? Oh man, I was I was wrong about Electra, but maybe I'll be right about this. <laughs> Editor's note. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, goodbye, everyone. Ta-ta. White people, am I right? <laughs>